Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is the Simpsons Index, episode 159. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot Chair O'Neill, and joining me here as always, except when he's not, BT Calloway. Uh, hoi hoi. And joining us all the way over from Melbourne and England, respectively, it's Paul and Paul from One Good Thing Podcast. How you going, guys? Hey there! Hello from the city of England. <laughs> <laughs> and the country of Melbourne. Yep. <laughs> it's fantastic here. <laughs> it's cramped here. The proud island nation of Melbourne. <laughs> So yeah, this is The Simpsons Index, the podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there's a twist. Each episode must come from a different decade. But tell the good folks about your podcast, One Good Thing. Most certainly. We are a podcast that watches cinematic dreck in the hopes of finding good things to say about it, because no film is truly worthless, we believe, erroneously, but also so far correctly. Yeah. Managed to find good things and absolute stinkers like Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, Crimes of Grindelwald. Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill. Oh, Just list all the Adam Sandler ones that we've seen. I was trying to think of a non-comedy one that's very obviously shit, but no, they are mostly comedy <laughs> ones that are like the super obviously shit ones. Yeah. Interesting. Have you attempted Battlefield Earth yet? We yeah. have. Nice. <laughs> Conquered. We did. We found many of Barry Pepper's snorts to be uh, highlights. <laughs> Well, yeah, I came to you guys uh, via Shut Up and Take My Podcast, and Mm -hmm. especially, yeah, your episode with them reviewing The Predator was the first episode of your podcast that I checked out, and that was just hilarious. The vitriol (laughs) was delicious. Uh, (laughs) That was a challenging one, I will say. (laughs) film and setup i think there's nothing quite like doing a podcast with three lively energetic people who all share a room when the two of us are sitting alone in cold rooms in other parts of the world yeah we can't relate or understand that level of intimacy or enthusiasm yeah (laughs) actually the first i heard of you was doing the the is it the 100th episode spectacular with baby beards Oh, yeah, yeah, the big shut up and take my podcast and pods in the Kia Springfield crossover. God goes, guys have long podcast names. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> monsters. <laughs> Absolute monsters. That was also a free-for-all, but helped by everybody being in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> but no, this is working pretty cool. Like, for yeah, we're joined live via satellite and computers and microchips. Technology. <laughs> Techno mumbo jumbo. And magic. And magic, yeah. yeah. I'm using magic. I'm sat inside of a stone circle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it works, but Virgin is charging me 40 quid a month for it, so. <laughs> Damn you, Branson. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if it wasn't enough that you subject yourself to bad movies, now here you are on my podcast where I subject you to bad Simpsons. We're lured in with a promise of good Simpsons. And little did we know that we had to start with the bad Simpsons. Yeah. Damn you. You've got to get people into the van somehow. Yep, where we just watched an episode from the HD era. This was season 23, episode 13, The Daughter Also Rises. First released in February 2012, it was directed by Chuck Sheets, he sure does, written by Rob Lezebnik. In this episode, Lisa falls for a Ernest Hemingway type boy and Marge disapproves for no particular reason. And in the B story, Bart and Milhouse attempt to be Adam and Jamie from Mythcrackers, not Mythbusters, Mythbusters. Crackers. Uh, hey guys, what did we think? Discovery aren't going to allow that. Oh, you remember remember Mythbusters kids? <laughs> yeah, even in 2012, that was over the hedge. Yeah. God. Yeah, I, I feel so bad about the timing of all this. 
like I stopped giving a shit about The Simpsons in about two thousand. In about two thousand, to be mm-hmm. honest, this then came out thirteen years after that or so, <laughs> and then it's been seven years since then, and it's still running. It's just, yep. it's like Interstellar. I'm just watching <laughs> my kids get older <laughs> instantly. Yeah, this is technically still not New Simpsons. Like, no, it's seven years old. <laughs> yeah, this is seven oh, years old. Other shows have risen and fallen in that timeline. God. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, actually, I forgot to ask you guys at the top of the show, what is your history with The Simpsons? Where did it begin? Where did it fall off? Paul, we'll start with you. Um, my family, it was part of our lives. You know, we based our dinner time around it. Sky yeah. One in the UK used to show an episode of The Simpsons at seven o'clock, and that was our dinner time. We all used to get together and watch it. And that's been the ritual for as long as I remember, mid-90s. And then we started to lose interest both in the show and in each other in around the early (laughs) noughties. And finally, when my sister went off to college somewhere around season 14, we used that as an excuse to just not bother with um, (laughs) The Simpsons anymore. (laughs) So I'm watching Bond films instead. (laughs) But um, my feelings are Golden Age is seasons three through seven. Eight is pretty good. One and two are enjoyable. And then I don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more of a seasons three to ten kind of guy. Like one Mm. and two are good, had a lot of heart. Yeah, a lot of heart. Two especially, two trumps one and three to ten, my favourite. But yeah, same here. After school, it was on at six o'clock in the evening on BBC Two. On BBC Two. Um, You had Ren and Stimpy, The Simpsons. I think just before that you had... Rocco's Modern Life and Captain Scarlet. So it was a real yeah. gauntlet of fun. I don't remember any of yeah. this. And, um, yeah, and that was just it. Every day, five days a week after school, The Simpsons and Ren and Stimpy. And then when the golden age of television came along, when everybody started getting Sky TV in their homes and Simpsons was just on as often as Friends was on. Mm-hmm. So you never escape The Simpsons. It was always on. And then eventually as a, when I got a bit older, I realised, oh God, these are in seasons. They're not just episodes made at random and sent to Sky. By that time, I'd seen each season about five times each, you know, the number of times that it had been on. And yeah, just, it's kind of like musical tastes and things like that. The older I got, the less I cared about finding new stuff until I realized that I wasn't watching it anymore. And then I went back and watched a couple and went, oh, it's just bad Family Guy. And Family Guy is also bad now. So (laughs) Yeah, I think whenever, every so often someone will tell me, no, 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 I know you suffered through the teens and you've been put off, but... You know, twenties, they're actually all right. And it's like, is it the best show ever made? Because one through ten, like yeah. that's really eligible for being one of the best shows ever yeah. made. It regularly ranks when people care to rate such things. It ranks up there with things like The Wire and Breaking Bad yeah. as one of the best television shows ever. And if it's not that, then I'd rather not watch a pale imitation of it. Yeah. Cause you can go back to seasons one to ten and there are jokes now that I will get as a man as a quote unquote man that I didn't, I didn't get for like the first 10 years of watching it. And suddenly I'll go back and there's a very, very obscure, like Kurosawa reference or something. And you go, Oh wow, that's wonderful. Or what a, what a crazy sight gag that no one would ever get. The first thing that I got and watching this episode was where's that depth. If I dived into that pool, I'd be dead right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think we've just about answered your first question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, it's these sort of things that, like, the episodes were good regardless of those obscure references. You know, Mm. they were just... enjoyed them anyway. Yeah, Yeah. they were just there if you knew them. That was just there as a bonus. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Whereas, Yeah. yeah, this one, it's sort of... 
just crams in stuff with no real rhyme or reason. So yeah, yeah let's hook yeah. into it. Starting with you, BT. For better or worse, what's a moment from this episode that stands out to you? I'm going to go on a bit of a long one, but we'll get there. Just because structurally, this one is just such a goddamn mess and it makes me so angry. Just nothing fits together. Specifically, okay, so Marge has this whole thing about, oh, homie, you can have Valentine's Day off. You can have a day by yourself. And then she just takes out Lisa to lunch, but then it's like, but why? And surely this would be, seeing as we just had a scene where Bart gets all these Valentine's Day cards and Lisa gets none, surely that should be the reason Marge is taking the time for Lisa, that she's lonely on Valentine's Day, and so Marge is taking her out. And then that would be the conflict when Lisa starts moving away from Marge. But that just doesn't happen, and it's very frustrating and annoys me. Yeah, it's ridiculous, the strands that go nowhere. Well, it's so simple to put that together. So a Simpsons episode back in the day would... Like, it's loads of coincidences that would then lead into the main story. And it was mm-hmm. very, very seamless how it was done. And that, as a instigating incident, is just uh, yeah. just total garbage. Yeah, it, it's a spark that lights no fire at all. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And the fact that it's so simple as well. You have a scene where Lisa doesn't get any Valentine's Day cards. Bart gets a bunch. So then Marge is like, oh, Homer, I'm going to take Lisa out. Why don't you just have a fun day with Bart? And that would be fine. That would launch it. But they just didn't take that half a second it would take to think of such a simple idea. And I'm angry. Elliot, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul Salt, how about you? What's a moment from this episode, for better or worse, that stands out to you? Oh, God. You know, I am tempted to point at something that irritated me because, I mean, for example, during one of the transition scenes, I just played this to um, Goodman. There's like this weird piano music that just feels so out of place. And it's just it just feels endemic of the attitude of just anything can go these days. Just yeah. anything at all. And there's there's one little stretch of animation as well where we first see Homer and Bart at the um, basketball court. Mm. And Homer's performance, his visual performance, is so at odds with the spoken delivery. And the spoken delivery is pretty poor as well. It's something like, our marriage is so great because I have no idea where she is. You know, and it's... He's like wiggling his hips and like turning his back to Bart and looking sneakily both ways. And it's like the animators were like, I don't know what he's saying. Mm. So we better just make sure his physical actions are as funny as they can possibly be. <laughs> yeah. So we'll do lots of winks and dances and such. You know, if we throw everything in, it'll make it even funnier. There's no room for nuance. When in doubt, have them wiggle until the audience is laughing. Yeah. Wiggle. And how about you, Salt, for better or worse? What's something that stands out to you from this episode? Well, I'm. Uh, that was salt, but uh, I you won't. Your paws backwards. Oh, sorry. Even I know so, that. <laughs> how dare you, sir? We didn't come on here to be uh, moderately confused by mistake. <laughs> um, Who am I? <laughs> well, do you know what? Let me just throw a little positive, Aww. like a sprinkle of positive urine into this in this big shower of negative piss. And <laughs> say, said about that dinner I cooked for you. <laughs> I actually, there was a couple of moments in fairly quick succession that made me think, oh, maybe the first five, my sort of immediate anger at the first five minutes of this episode was misplaced. Uh, it wasn't. But when they were having the conversation, Homer and Marge, about how to spend Valentine's Day, and Homer kind of throws away his flowers and his chocolate mm-hmm. when she says, I think we should spend it separately. After she says, you know, I just think we should show our love for each other every day. He then very quickly scrabbles to get the flowers and chocolate back with a bit of a frightened look on his face. And maybe it was because there was no delivery there. That was quite, <laughs> I quite enjoyed that moment. But then when it goes with their batting balls and that guy drives by in the car and he just yeah. yells abuse at him because he has to spend time with his girlfriend. There's a sort of argument between the two of them. There's a pan out 
and this guy's in the car with his girlfriend and his reaction of like oh that's it he screams i i hate you he goes oh i mean my darling i was looking at myself in the rearview mirror and there's just something about the delivery of that yeah it felt like old simpsons not to me it felt super awkward really uh, both of the moments you described the moment where he picks the flowers up yeah. there's such a sort of dead stop something about the layout of shots and the um voice delivery just felt incredibly ill-paced uh, i think the bits around those moments were definitely i think those very isolated moments definitely had flashes of old simpsons yeah and even like in barton homer's like little montage in the arcade you know there are a couple of like i feel jokes that would have been in classic simpsons like when he's on the motorbike game and he picks up the gun from the other game and manages yeah. to use it which i hope works in real life yeah, it does not, but you just keep on believing, buddy. <laughs> and you also got ants versus zombies as a sight gag in yeah. that scene as well, yeah. which I thought was quite yeah. good. Again, sight gags are pretty solid in this one. There's uh, yeah. Heinrich's monocle shop in the background of, of the batting I had a couple cages. of gags I thought I enjoyed. One of them was just the simple pun, roses are red, violence is due, which <laughs> that was quite cool. That was the name of the Itchy and Scratchy episode. Oh, oh right. okay. yeah, the Itchy and Scratchy. Yeah, yeah. what did we think of this? Uh, the... Yeah, like just standard Itchy and Scratchy uh, for itchy me. And, I'm just fine with it. Itchy and Scratchy was never my favourite part of The Simpsons. I can't remember one that made me really laugh. Oh. So, yeah, it's just more of that, really. It wasn't very creative, I thought. Mm. Yeah, it sort of, to me, it actually felt like a rehash of old Itchy and Scratchy. So, like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, you're right. It did remind me of one particular episode of it. There's one where he has to eat his own stomach. That was vaguely, yeah. <laughs> like with the chef under the table. That was vaguely reminiscent. Mm. Yeah. My other weird gag, that I, re- I like it because it was so odd, is the Sherry and Terry twin thing. Oh, I Remember, hated the one that. that you pick might not be the one that you get. Yeah. yeah that's I, interesting. I, I, I that one <laughs> loathed that moment. I, I, that's the only bit of my notes written in caps. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. I think you and I have very different tastes when it comes to The Simpsons. Clearly. It's just like, where is this going? What's this got to do with the rest of the episode? <laughs> this isn't Simpsons. Nothing had anything. What episode? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I agree with you, but... <laughs> doesn't excuse that. There's no skeleton to tie this to. I just found it a funny little weird creepy moment and I like I like the fact that it was vaguely frightening. Oh good. It's podcast I over. think I just hated that Marge pointed it out, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It was yeah, it was paid attention to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was yeah, um what do you call it? Lampshaded. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Quick with the lampshades in this episode. Mm. And yeah, I'm going to say the moment of the story that stood out to me was, yeah, Barton Milhouse's whole side plot with the Myth Crackers, mm. the mm-hmm. parallel import of Mythbusters. Yeah. Like, I don't think they stuck the landing with this one at no. all. Like, And no. there was like a half-baked attempt to bring the plot together at the end, but... And I like the idea. I like the idea that they've taken all those weird myths you always heard around school away, and so now it's just school and it's boring. I like that conflict, but then it just, yeah, it does not land what it had. Yeah, and it was trying to set it up at the end by Barton Milhouse sort of seeing that Willie on his own thinks he's a dog. And so they're like, oh, there's a myth we can build out of that. And then Willie's in on it. I think there's a disconnect with Mm. those two ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, for me, that whole bit, the way, like, Milhouse's role in that just reminded me of Meg in Family Guy season four onwards. Yeah, he's doing all the dangerous things. Remember how Milhouse gets bullied and everyone thinks that he's a loser? That's this. And it's been done, like, so creatively in other episodes. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I don't know, just making it part of 
the plot whilst also trying to be relevant with this outdated myth crackers mm-hmm. yeah. bit that feels like the worst of SNL kind of caliber. <laughs> yeah. It was. And it, it does feel like something that came about simply because they had access to Adam and Jamie. I will say, I used to love Mythbusters. I'm yeah. a big fan of that yeah, show. It's a cool show. And I take issue with the conclusion of the show, which is that Mythbusters. What it does is sort of spoil the fun of life by over-explaining things. I don't think that was the case. I would often end an episode of Mythbusters just thinking, wow, science is amazing. Yeah. Mm. Like, maybe the myth wasn't true, but the things that we can do are just fucking incredible. (laughs) And that's better than a sort of dumb mystery. All with just some ballistic gel and a cannon. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, it is a shame like that. And they had the pull to get yeah adam and jamie who were starring as themselves in this episode but it's kind of weird when you have the guest star in but they're doing a palport yeah the parallel import gag of not saying mythbusters like i always preferred it when the simpsons got people in to play characters you know michael Cera not 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 included well i was gonna say but the the, the best this episode is self-defeating but there was there was any criticism against a series of seasons there where they just have people come in and play themselves and it would just be, mm. hey, look, we got Steve Buscemi to, to be in yeah, our map montage. Careful. And you'd also have some character sort of just say, um, oh, my God, it's Stephen Hawking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, just in case anybody didn't get it. And it's just, uh, oh, that, that, those are the teens, Simpsons. We'll be coming to that next, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And the one I've got lined up for you. Hey, everybody, it's Tony Blair. Fuck. <laughs> J.K. Rowling. Oh, kill every part What's of me. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> so glad I live in Australia now. It just it hurts less. Salt the earth. <laughs> you got a uh, good episode. So, play count. Have you guys seen this episode before today? Yes, I have. Nope. Nope. I stopped at season 20. Yep. And BT, yeah, why have we seen this episode before? Because we today? reviewed it before, you monster. <laughs> <laughs> why? Yeah, back in the early days of the podcast, we did just a couple of duo episodes with me and BT, but I was like, hmm, I don't like the way that looks on the spreadsheet. Must be a minimum of three guests. So I abandoned that record (laughs) and I made you watch it again. More people must suffer. How are your feelings on me now, BT? I mean, I'm I'm a robot, so I don't have feelings. But uh, my circuit still it helps. Why in these situations? Why did they program me to feel pain? <laughs> Wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? Pretty wacky. You could say it's wacky. It doesn't mean it's good. No, no. There's definitely good whack and bad whack. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. This was bad wacky in as much as it was just weird shit happens for no apparent reason. I feel like it was pitched like that. This is a wacky one. Yeah. And everyone went, great, can't wait. Pretty sure that's how they pitched seasons eight onwards. <laughs> Pretty sure that's how, what's his name? Mike Scully started pitching episodes. Yeah. Each one wackier than the last. Poor Mike Scully, I shouldn't keep demonizing him. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Just hate him so much. But one of the wacky moments, which I kind of mm. liked and nothing, where Lisa was like, oh, it's just like Paris if I block my peripherals and oh, went yeah. too long. I felt there was promise there. There was a good setup for a joke yeah. there. I just found it a bit blunt, the awful things that were happening. I think that you could play that just a bit more subtly depressing. Mm-hmm. Like what I, For some reason, I just thought of the moment from the very pilot episode of Father Ted. I don't know if you guys have watched any Father Ted, but there's a moment where they need to sell how grim this island is. And so Father Ted on the phone to a pair of visitors just says, is there a man staring at you wearing a t-shirt that says I shot JR? And it's just a really disheveled, awful looking man sat on a wall nearby staring at them. And I feel like that's the kind of gag that might have worked better there. Just something subtly depressing or small town. 
I feel like a pan out would have been a more Simpsony reveal. The tunnel vision, like the hand yeah. vision, was very again Family Guy. And I don't, yeah. I don't want to come across as being someone who's got it in for Family Guy, but I do think that it was shit after season three. So I guess <laughs> yeah, we've all got it in for Family Guy just a little bit. I kind of want to study this <laughs> academically because I like how the world very much turned on that show. It is interesting, isn't it? I remember in 2001, when, I think it was 1999 actually, when that show launched, I remember thinking, oh God, I don't need The Simpsons anymore. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. And I do, you know, really stand by those first three seasons, although it's a little hard to judge because I watched them so fucking much. I think if we went back, we could definitely chart it. I think there's a real difference in how the first three seasons are plotted. And is, am I right in thinking there's a gap between seasons three and four as well? Yeah, yeah, it got cancelled. Okay, which does seem to be the death knell of a lot of shows because then it comes back and it feels like they're no longer in, in the flow. Season four, as soon as they come back, all they're doing oh, is God. just, they're just drawing attention to the classic Family Guy gags and just playing on the tropes that they created in the first three seasons. So it's... It just it becomes really self-referential. Every gag is incidental. Yeah. There's so little that actually refers to the plot, which again is my issue with a lot of later Simpsons. It becomes just about how wacky he is, how stupid Homer is. Oh, he's like mm. Peter Griffin now. Oh, brilliant. Well, look, Mike Scully did say when he took over the series in season nine, I know, fuck Mike Scully. He said that the idea was to shift attention and make it much more gag heavy than oh. story based. Now, you know, I, and I think that was really what turned the tide. I think that was a terrible move as well, because my prevailing theory on Family Guy is because it's so rarely driven by heart or emotion or this core family demographic mm. that none of the jokes feel tied to anything, any storyline yeah. or any any emotion or anything like that. So if your favorite joke from Family Guy, you probably don't know what episode it belongs to because it's so disconnected from yes. the plot. That's definitely the case. And I remember that, I mean, again, in the early episodes, though, like one of my favorite gags is Peter Griffin poking the crocodile and then the koala flies in his face. Yeah. And what episode is that? Well, why was Peter traveling? Because yeah, his wife yeah. got a job as an air stewardess. That's it. So I can figure it out. But you're mm. right. Nowadays, there's no chance. Yeah. yeah. And like you were saying, Goodman, um, the heavy reliance on relying on the tropes that they set up in The Simpsons is it's still prevalent in this episode. They, yeah, have mm. a cut to Cletus and he makes an incest gag. Yeah. I don't yeah. approve of outbreeding. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, I was amazed there were no new characters. I mean, I stopped watching this three years prior to this. And I imagine if I picked up an episode from series 30, I think they're on that it would still be the same characters mm -hmm. acting in the same, albeit flanderized way. Yeah. yeah. It's just astonishing to me that they're up to, what, 700-some episodes without changing anything. I mean, the stagnation is powerful, it's radioactive. Yeah. Oh, it's stank, all right. Yeah, and the only new characters are the ones that they bring in for guest stars, like the guest star yeah. of this episode, Michael Sarah playing Nick. What did we think of that performance? Man, total waste of a guest star. And just his character, is the. this is the other big problem I have with this episode, is that... In the end, it's meant to be established that he's some kind of big liar who's been lying to Lisa about all the great things he's done. We've not seen any of that at all. It's not even been mentioned. Yeah, well, absolutely. Any of anything. So confused. Uh, there's a bit where they're rowing across the river, and she's like, "Oh, I thought you rowed up the Ganges unassisted." He's like, "Ah," eh. it's like, "We never heard that. We this yeah. is the first time we're I hearing wondered, this is a lie." I wondered if yeah. I missed that. We. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> yeah. Angrier. No, it just wasn't included. No, it really, really pissed me off. What was he, a Hemingway, apparently? Yeah. Apparently. Wasn't Hemingway like an alcoholic and a real... He's more of a Fitzgerald. You know, a bit... 
but no, he was a Hemingway because they told you he was. <gasps> He's Hemingway-esque. Yeah. They named the episode for it. Uh, yeah, the daughter also and, rises. Oh, what's that a reference to? Uh, the son also rises. Well, no, you're, you're, you're right. It was a complete waste of a character and there was no relationship between him and Lisa. There wasn't one nice moment. When I think back to my favourite Simpsons episodes, you can think of moments that almost make me cry because they're so sweet. And mm -hmm. even when you have Lisa's romance with Nelson, there's so yeah. much heart in that. There's yeah. so yeah. much in there. And like for these two unlikely people to cross. And in this, like, I mean, the Simpsons movie already did it. They had that Irish kid who was a very sensitive, artistic kind of boy. So there's already had a character like that who was not very well, but better written. And so you're already treading familiar ground, but then they're not putting anything in there to distinguish their particular relationship. And if the whole episode hinges on that and Marge's reaction hinges on that and the resolution hinges on that, what have you got? You've got, well, you've got a broken seesaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Marge's reaction to it is so out of nowhere. She's swooned by this kid. You know, he does the <sighs> wine and the kiss on the hand. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she's like, I don't want you spending many, much time with this boy. What the, f where did that come from? It's, it's so boring and familiar. I'm sure that in the late teens, I saw an exact same storyline, but with Bart and Marge. Yeah. Like he starts spending time with her. They get really close, but then suddenly the same thing. And it's just so dull. Mm. Yeah, because the central conflict in this makes no sense, mm. and the central romance makes no sense. God damn! <laughs> I'm just angry. Yeah, like, especially at the end where yeah. Lisa imagines Hemingway's first two wives, and they both say like, "Oh, tortured writers make terrible husbands." Like, that's not what this kid is. He just reads yeah. Hemingway. Like yeah. that's not. Yeah, enough. exactly. And what's the takeaway there? The idea of oh, don't go with anyone who's unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pick your partners based on cheerfulness. For this relationship to end, if it's going to mean a fucking thing, Lisa would at least need to be sad about it ending. And this yeah. ending reminded me again so much of Family Guy. I remember watching the, again, I can't remember the episode, surprisingly, but it's the one with Marilyn Manson in it. And it ends with him delivering a really sort of wholesome christian message uh, as resolution and yeah i think that was actually a parody of a lot of their other of other sitcoms and things like that but family guy did it all the time because the jokes were incidental peter would just learn a lesson at the end and go oh i'm sorry i shouldn't have done this and everybody goes that's all right it's a good thing we didn't have any character moments and it was the exact <laughs> same thing here if lisa actually gave a shit about this person she'd have struggled to let him go she'd have actually been like well i didn't want to let him go but there he goes mm. But she just turns around and goes, no, I was wrong. And Marge goes, no, I was wrong. And yeah. that's it. What is the fucking point of watching an episode where nobody learns anything or nothing happens to anybody? What a waste of money. It just feels so hollow. Yeah. It's strange that it's still only 20 minutes long. The Simpsons has only ever been 22 minutes it long or so. Longer. And yet look at relationships like Lisa and her substitute teacher, for example. Mm -hmm. oh, or so Lisa good. and Ralph. They yeah. just yeah. have real connections in that same amount of time. So there's no excuse for it to feel as rushed as, as it is. And it felt longer. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I think it was like still a nice moment with, you know, person you kiss and mulberry tree, uh, someone you love. And then yeah, I like that. Marge gives her a peck on the head. You know, that was a nice moment, yeah. but it really didn't mean but anything. But even that, that mulberry tree yeah. on the island, yeah, where did that even come from? It was just, okay, now we're going to this tree. It's like, yeah. it's a yeah. thing they're suddenly doing and we have no context as to the importance of it until it's point blank explained to you. This is the importance. This is why we're doing it. Now we're here. 
Yeah. It's amazing how much shit there is in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you lay it out, yeah. yeah, Grandpa tells a story and gets involved, and the whole Myth Crackers thing, mm. and Willie, and Homer, and Bart, and it's Jesus. Yep. No wonder everything feels so rushed. Yeah, yeah, for real. Because they couldn't think of enough ways to spread out. It's, I always felt this about Teenage Simpsons, is that if you can't come up with a story and develop it properly, just put loads of little ones in. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we've actually, yeah, pretty well gone over the heart as well. So, ultimately, though, guys, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? How was character integrity? Character integrity? I mean, I assume you've discussed the phenomenon of flanderization before, the fact that all of these characters have now been reduced to single traits. Mm -hmm. Marge worries. Homer's an idiot. I'll tell you one thing about consistency. A lot of the voices are sounding really strained. I don't know if it's good for Julie Kavner no. to keep doing Marge. She sounds like it's not comfortable. <clears throat> it's it's hard on the throat. Yep. I just think they're neat. <laughs> it's, um, She's, it's hard. I only do it once a day, she, and that's just to not, not to lose it. Is she in her 60s now? Yeah, one of the things we keep saying is, yeah, she's done more growling than most death metal vocalists, you know? <laughs> She's just standing at the side of Job for a Cowboy, just shaking her head. Like, you call them pig squeals, mate. <laughs> She's 68. Golly. Let her retire. Oh, fuck, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Jeez. They've been talking like this for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus, no. <laughs> <I didn't take> <laughs> but, yeah, if you think she sounds a bit haggard here, yeah. like, wait, like... If you ever feel the need to check out any post-season 28 episodes, yeah. Mm. It's, it's oh seriously God, no. sad. Like, yeah. Oh, That's got to be like abuse. Oh, for real. <laughs> Must be worth the paycheck. Elder abuse at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But as far as character integrity, like, I didn't actually think there were any character breaks. It was no. just sort of poor motivation. Yeah, yeah exactly what I was going to say. It's just... They're acting like themselves, but they weren't prompted to do so this way. But that's, yeah, the characters are still technically fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess I they enough. do the things that they would always do. That Yeah, there's nothing behind any of it. All utterly contrived. Yeah, and as for the show feeling like itself as well, I think, you know, we were saying it before, it's just there's so many elements and so many moving parts to this thing, yet they're not cohesive. So, yeah, it doesn't really feel like Simpsons. I'm just I'm thinking about something like 22 short stories about Springfield. Yeah. Which is an episode entirely disjointed and yet still feels like a sort of coherent thing because it just it has that feeling to it. Here it's like it would be as if those 22 short stories were all actually telling one story, but the scenes all felt like 22 separate stories. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> so, yeah, don't see yourself watching this one again. Oh, God, no. <laughs> God. Um... I actually, I started to watch it again before uh, you guys were slightly delayed. So I thought, okay, let's make it fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in about 12 hours. Let's <laughs> w- give it another go. And I found new irritating things in just the five <laughs> minutes that I watched. Oh, yeah. boy. I will say, to go back to a couple of points that we understandably glossed over, the wackiness, I did enjoy one. There was a really good escalation at the beginning where... Oh, yeah. Most of the joke wasn't very good, but the punchline was good, where they go to watch Itchy and Scratchy on various devices. And they go from a TV to a laptop to a phone. And then the next thing is just watching it on a petrol pump. Yeah. <laughs> that, I enjoyed that. I thought that was good. It wasn't very Simpsons, but it was wackiness that worked in that joke. Yeah. I would also say that just to pick up on the Pyramus and Thisbe thing, what the fuck was that Disney joke? Yeah. Because <laughs> that was. It's also. It's not a joke, it was just a line. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Lisa is commenting on a book that she is imagining. Like, it's in her thought bubble, so it doesn't necessarily exist. And so 
She's giving Disney <laughs> shit for adding a talking parrot in a thing she's imagining. Yeah. What kind of a joke about Disney is that? It's like, <laughs> uh, oh, put a talking parrot in it and suddenly they think that's good. Yeah, great. What a hot take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a joke that would be made about 90s era Disney. Mm. It feels like a joke about Pocahontas or the Hunchback of Notre Dame. I mean, when was the last time that they just put... I'm trying to think if recent Disney people have had animal sidekicks. I mean, they, they a lot of them do, but they don't talk, I don't think. Like in Tangled. You're right, they've stopped talking. Yeah. Mm. Frozen. Moana. They don't talk anymore. Shit. Um, I didn't notice that. They stopped talking. Mm. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Tell the press! It's all over, man! We're through Check the looking files. glass here, people. <laughs> except Zootropolis, of course. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now we're into the hmm. what would you change about this episode? We'll start with you, BT. What <laughs> would you change? I mean, I feel like I've already covered this. Just make any <laughs> of it fit together and remember what you're doing and what your characters are doing. And <laughs> yeah, there's a whole other reason yeah. Marge could get angry at Lisa for hanging out with this boy too much. There's a whole other reason Lisa could be swooned by him, but under the impression that he's this worldly person when he's actually just lying all the time. Maybe he just watches a lot of documentaries and that's how he knows about the world. I don't know, something. Bring yeah. everything in your conclusion to head way earlier so we know what's going on so conclusion has meaning. I'm out. <laughs> and Paul Goodman, <laughs> what would you like to change? Mm, well, yeah, I, it's all been covered. We just need explanations and motivations for things. I will just say that going back to what your arch nemesis Mike Scully said about <laughs> making it gag heavy... Simpsons yeah. has always been gag heavy. It's been f just packed to the fucking rafters with mm. jokes. It didn't mm. need more jokes. And, and that is exactly the problem with this episode. It needs to be more character based and more story based. Why? Otherwise, you can just go and watch Family Guy. So yeah. That, yeah. that's it. You just have to make it way more based on the characters and the things that they want. And you, Salt? Um, I'd have cancelled the series 13 years <laughs> earlier. I mean, really, I just oh, feel like good. there are people alive now, grown-ass people in their 20s who were not alive when Simpsons was good. Yeah, we And that them. is so depressing to me. I really struggle to think of how to save an individual episode of this because none of it justifies the sheer greed, the senseless, cynical, corporate bullshit that has kept this on air <laughs> for what? 22 years past its sell-by date. That's obscene. Yeah. It's things like that that makes me think, maybe the West should fall. <laughs> Look what we did Dude, to the Simpsons. the last days of Rome. <laughs> We've got James A. Caster. It's all going to be okay. <laughs> and yeah, as for what I'd change, look, you know, just because we're going over the Lisa storyline, obviously, because it's the main one, like, I think there might actually be legs to the Bart Milhouse story, you know, and them sort of cracking myths and stuff and getting into that. I kind of wished it was a Milhouse gets injured story as well. <laughs> yeah, some kind of consequence to all the risk he's being put into, yeah. Yeah, and if yeah. Lisa had some sort of involvement and it's like, hey, there's not scientific merit behind what you're doing, you're just blowing That's shit up. That's true. Oh my god, that would be a great commentary on Mythbusters. That's a great idea. Yeah, because I think that is one of the criticisms that gets lobbed at it from the science community, that it's, you know, soft sciences. Oh, yeah. mm. which... oh god, yeah. I mean, no repeatable results. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. It's definitely an entertainment show first and a science show second, but mm. all that could have pissed off the guest stars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> and I the mean... network that didn't care enough to let them use their actual fucking title. <laughs> yeah, like Discovery Channel is going to get their fucking lawyers onto Fox. Like, seriously. <laughs> 
But yeah, and I think not that there's anything wrong with Mythbusters as a show. You know, soft science is accessible. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but sure. I think yeah, there was a commentary to be made on that that they bailed on. Yeah, agreed. All right, we're here. BT, do you have any other notes? Yep, I'll just go through them real quick. Uh, that meat cute sucked. Oh, uh, the fucking Luigi. That's a spicy meat cute. <laughs> not even, yeah, but not even that. It's like Ugh. they see each other through crack in the thing, and he's all like, "Oh, well, what light came through this crack?" And she's like, "You've got it quite a way with words." Like, no, he doesn't. Yeah. That was bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was bad. That was a clumsy come on guy. Yep. Like, if you tried to speak to someone that way, it'd be like, "Oh, that's kind of creepy. I don't really know you." Mm. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, a big note I have is just everything just takes too goddamn long. Like when Marge puts on the water shoes and she kind of yeah. runs out for a little bit and then turns around and comes back and then starts going. I was like, you assume something is chasing her. That's why she comes back. But nope, just to stick on this bit for a little bit longer. And like every bit has, even if you kind of enjoyed it, it just lasted too long. And Homer, yeah, made a yeah. comment, women and, my, and their shoes, am I right? And he's like, what? Yeah. What about yeah. women and their shoes? What are you saying? <laughs> their shoes can walk Bar on water. Have just fucking slapped him. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been great you changed uh, but, dad but in the spirit of things I'm going to bring up one good thing which is grandpa's diary which just has he's like oh let me see if I can fit you in he says wait for death wait for death wait for death wait for death <laughs> so uh, I got yeah. a good chuckle out of yeah. that and that is all my notes Elliot alright Paul Salt how about you do you have any other notes about this episode I think I'm out I stand by the twin thing I found it funny fuck all the other we weren't I'm glad you enjoyed it <laughs> uh, <laughs> And you, uh, Paul Goodman? Moe's delivery of the line, Fox ain't doing this again, at the beginning of the episode, made me think, oh, maybe this is going to be like an old episode of The Simpsons. Mm. Oh, so this Wasn't. is a weird thing that this has actually happened a lot where they have in the episode animated some celebration of a milestone and this happened in their 300th as well. Yeah, and, I thought it rang yeah. a bell. And they like, yay, 500th episode. But it wasn't actually in the 500th and they pointed that out. And then they were like, oh, well, we're not going to do this again. And it's like, well, why didn't you put it in the right episode? Yeah, yeah, it's it's confusing. Like, is there a half episode? Is is the first episode sometimes not included as episode one, but a pilot? Like, it's, yeah. it's very odd. No, it, it's very confusing, like, why they bother to still include it, like, and not mm. just put it in the right episode. Like, yeah. I don't know much about animation, but cut and paste, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, also, what was the... There was a, a breakup joke with a, a child Spanish guitarist... And these two small girls, I did not get that or what that was referring to. Bad I can only imagine it was great. No, I think it was just a standalone sort of, um, <laughs> imagine if this kid was like an oversexed kind of Lothario uh. type. But yeah, we're talking about Family Guy-esque. It just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, went <sighs> nowhere. All right. Well, it's time for my final notes. When Bart and Milhouse are watching TV, Kirk is just kind of there. like, And it wasn't a good joke. It wasn't really worth it. And it's like, well, why weren't they just at Milhouse's house or Kirk's place? I don't Fuck know. Fuck me, yeah. that's a good point. And, and another note on that. I found it super awkward the way Kirk says something about his dream. And then we actually have a reaction shot of Bart going, mm, and then he turns the TV on. Yeah. That was so odd. And just to me, yeah. again, spoke to this weird disconnect, this disassociation between the voice performance, the writing, the voice performance, and the animation. No, just feel absolutely. like they're being done on different planets. And another moment where the characters are looking bored on screen, so, you know, how are our, us as the audience meant to feel? <laughs> Equally bored. 
also hated the reoccurring joke of Nelson with the candy cigarettes. Again, it took too long. On the nose. Yeah. So much shit in this episode. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> me, you keep peeling back layers and it's like, oh my it's God. It's an onion made of shit. There's no more layers, it's just muscle now. <laughs> Blood and muscle. Stop. He's already dead. <laughs> uh, there was a weird, I don't remember what they were saying in the mirror, but they were doing like a Bloody Mary thing, you know, say name in yeah. the mirror three times. Yeah. Now, the weird thing with this joke is that, yeah, Lunch Lady Doris appears. Now, the original voice actor for Lunch Lady Doris actually passed away and they quietly retired the character in the teens era. But for no particular reason... They brought her back in, like, season 20 or something. Mm. And so this yeah. joke especially just sort of feels really, like, gross to me. Like, yeah, to be a haunting mm. that actually has uh, basically a zombie character. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. It's like, oh, Miss Crabapple is, you know, too important to keep her going as a zombie character. But Lost Lady Doris, eh, we'll do that. It's fine. Uh, they've crabappled a couple of times. Really? Oh, I didn't realise that's so awful of them. Yep. They're uh. usually uh-huh. nice some nice-ish reprisals, but it's still just, no, just don't do it at all. Let the character be gone. Toy Story 4 zombies, what's his name? Don Rickles a little. You know, Mr. Mm. Potato Head's dead. And he's in Toy Story 4 and has a couple lines, but it's pretty pretty subdued. I think that was fairly Mm. tasteful. Mm. And time for my final note, and yeah, in the spirit of one good thing, I actually really liked the colour palette of that final scene. I thought, yeah, the way Mm. the sun Mm. set against the blues and greens of the waters you know that that was just a really nice color palette shame about the content (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is time to rank this thing on the simpsons index we rank using our six point scale which starts down the bottom at failure maybe if the episode is just meh you give it a participant but for the positive rankings you got okay bronze good silver excellent gold but for the best of the very best you give cubic zirconia i'm gonna go first let me show you how it's done (laughs) I'm going to give it a participant. I could have failed this one, but, you know, for the couple of okayest jokes, and it was just more of a nothing episode, i got to say. BT. Um, I'm very tempted to kick it into the pit of failure, but I just don't have the enthusiasm to do that. It's just, just sit on the edge and wallow in your own filth, participant. All right, Paul Salt. Um, it failed for me. I mean, I don't have as much of a frame of reference as you guys do, because, again, I watched most of season 20 about a decade ago and I haven't watched any new Simpsons since and I still go back to the golden age periodically so I'm still for me I'm still in that heady space of just the best Simpsons so consequently this feels like such a fucking step down I've got no choice but to fail it yeah (laughs) all right and Paul Goodman finish it off yeah, I'm going to stretch my legs and be negative for, for a change. Um, <laughs> being positive just takes it out of you, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's a failure. <laughs> I couldn't pass this. I couldn't hold this up to somebody and say, this got through. <laughs> oh, under my watch. <laughs> All right. Well, two participants, two failures. That'll be a dull participant, you know, because we average up on the index for oh, the split rankings. You're a because, nice person. But yeah, a dull participant versus a shiny failure, you know, it's <laughs> moldy apples and <laughs> disgusting oranges. <laughs> yeah. So this will be joining other such episodes as Replaceable You, which we actually reviewed with Shut Up and Take My Podcast. Bart's new friend, which was written by Judd Apatow, and uh, mm. well, what, what was that? Home. I always forget this. Homer uh, reverts to a childhood ten-year-old yeah. phase, becomes Bart's friend, and there's no conflict. That's right. Oh. Wow. Okay. Also, in the dull participant range is Waiting for Duffman, where Homer becomes the new Duffman. Oh, that rings a bell. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
and Moho House, which we reviewed recently, and Beware My Cheating Bart, where Bart briefly dates Shauna. Oh, who? there's a new character. Shauna. Shauna. Yeah, she's the daughter of Superintendent Sharmas, and she's... Yeah. Oh, wow. And her catchphrase is, I'm Shauna. Yeah, great character. Okay. Rings of Hell too. <laughs> great. God almighty, these are so memorable, these episodes of The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that about does it for the HD era. Now we're going to go to the teens era, where we are going to review the time where The Simpsons go to England. Uh, na, 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 na. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be reviewing the Regina monologues. We'll be back. And we are back, and we just watched our Teens Era episode. This was Season 15, Episode 4, The Regina Monologues. First mm. released in November of 2003, it was directed by Mark Kirtland, written by John Swartzwelder. I didn't want to participate on that one. Really? <laughs> this was the last oh. John Swartzwelder-credited episode as well. Right. Uh, Before he properly disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> in this episode, the Simpsons go to England. Hey, y'all, what did we think? Think. Broly! Oh, <laughs> good golly. Gosh. Fish and chips. What, what? Yeah, it was, it was great, great send up. Take that, Australia. <laughs> Man. BT, a toppings for your thoughts? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. yeah. Let's put it this way you said the Simpsons go to England, you just summarized 23 minutes of plot. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because that's it. That's the only thing that happens. Yeah, it's really a, an episode with no spinal structure. <laughs> There's no yeah. through line. I thought maybe at the beginning they make a big deal of the fact that Bart is doing this to please Marge. Mm-hmm. Bart, I don't think, has any input to the plot after that again. No. Nope. Um, Except for being sassy. Apart from being sassy a few times. And yeah, it becomes entirely not about pleasing Marge beyond even the most perfunctory way. It just It's just mm. a pile of what gags can we think of for England? And most of the yeah. gags are what if England worked the same way as the United States, but slightly more Englishy? Wouldn't that be funny? Mm. Like, mm. what if there was a flickering light outside of the Marriott that says keys cut here? Mm. Not Marriott. Where is it? The the shopping place? That's Harrods. Here? Harrods. That's yeah. the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Your English correspondence, the two Australian guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know. We have to blot it out. Otherwise, we, we shrivel up and, and implode. The, the main jokes in this were, here's an actor playing himself. Here's yeah. a rounder playing herself. Do you remember in the in the past when The Simpsons used to have actors come in and play roles, just yeah. play yeah, characters, characters in The Simpsons, and then yeah. there was a watershed moment where suddenly they'd just go, "Hi, I'm Steve Buscemi," and that <laughs> yeah. was it. Yeah, and that would be the joke. That would be the entire joke. Like, ha, oh, amazing. But that happens like straight out of a barrel on this one. They go to England's like, look, mm. it's Prime Minister Tony Blair. Oh, I hated it. <sighs> Because they don't even attempt to rationalise it a little bit within no. the context of the episode. Mm. No. There's no logic to it. And yeah, speaking of, one of the guest stars for the episode, former Prime Minister Tony Blair, who yeah. only agreed to do this uh, guest spot if he could promote tourism to Britain. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Hell. Let's go. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like when at school the teacher goes, oh, we're going to watch a film today. Yay. But we're going to have to think about some themes. Oh. No, no when they stop it every five minutes to talk about yeah. those themes. And you're like, I'm trying to watch Braveheart, bitch. <laughs> yeah. It's freedom. It's, like, it's just about freedom. You know, something that depressed me is it occurred to me that there is no living prime minister I would have rather heard than Tony Blair. <laughs> oh, Jeremy. He's, Co- still, oh. <laughs> he's still the lesser of all the mm-hmm. evils. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. 
and is the only leader of a country to ever do a guest spot on The Simpsons. Well, there, there his legacy be. <laughs> Again, we are always going to be comparing this to the Australia episode, or I'm going to yeah. be, because yeah. it's one of oh, my sure. favourite episodes of all time. Yeah, it's the best. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. their politician joke. Is, yeah. I'm going to take some of the Prime Minister. Andy! And, you know, na- uh, naked, that's a good word. Naked on a tube on a lake drinking a beer. And, yeah. and in this, it's yeah, actual Prime Minister Tony Blair mm-hmm. going, hello, come to England. How fucking lazy. Yeah. Not like that, Bart versus Australia, it's all plot. Like, if you watch the episode, there's no yeah. indication whatsoever what city they're even in. Because yeah. they're not yeah. like, yes. let's go see Centerpoint <laughs> Tower. Let's go see Uluru. Yeah. They're just, it's all about the plot. Whereas in this, yeah. it's just again and again, here's this thing you've heard of. Yeah, roundabouts. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> and really skin deep as well. Just, if I were making some sort of, sort of satire of England, but of course they're not making a satire of England. No. They're making a satire... Like they did with Australia. They weren't satirizing Australia. They were satirizing American impressions of Australia. Yes. Mm. You know, it was the aspects of Australian culture and symbolism that had made it over to America. They were satirizing those. And they're doing the same here with England, but just not in a satisfying way. They're just making very lazy references and just getting vague guest stars. And it's just lazy. It's yeah. very so lazy. lazy. The Macbeth joke is probably my one of my least favorite Simpsons jokes of all time. Wow. It is the laziest, most obvious sequence starring another guest star for this episode <laughs> sorry and mckellen oh, great very well used <laughs> oh, and just, just... The, uh, some really odd shade gets thrown like where it's like oh look there's jimmy page who stole all of the black what american the music like? and it's like really really we're the ones who stole all the black american music <laughs> yeah. we're the ones who capitalized on it mr elvis presley and yeah. every rock and roll star of the 1950s yeah, it's absolutely. Like, it's very odd. It's very hey, odd that um, Jimmy Page should be the target of the ire there. Is there any trivia on this on how many Family Guy writers we have on the Simpsons team at this stage? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a very Family Guy line. That's a Peter Griffin line. Yeah, well, I was going to say, you know, what stands out to me for this episode for a Sports World append episode, because, mm. like, usually the writer of an episode is kind of irrelevant because they are done in these big writers team Mm. and you know the credited writer is essentially the person who's putting all these puzzle pieces together and just you know Mm. making connective tissue but whereas Schwarzwelder he famously worked alone but this episode felt distinctly un-Schwarzwelder oh absolutely yeah definitely there's not a hint of his wit yeah there's none of those great misdirect jokes and it's Mm. Yeah, just mm. all filler, all padding. What about you? We'll start with you, Goodman. For better or worse, what stands out to you from this episode? There, there are a couple of bits that stood out in a positive way. I, the Lord Darth Wager thing, I remember loving as a teenager. Yeah. I just, I used to quote the, the name yes, and are you thing, and just the suddenness <laughs> with which they kiss. It's, it's got a real Monty Python feel to it, I think. Yeah, I um, think Darth Wager as a name is pretty fun. It's, yeah. it's yeah. very good. Darth Wager is, yeah, that's a good reveal. And, and that did work, still. I mean, the only other joke that really worked for me. Oh no, there was hockey dad, and I think the way that was mm. the well done. You're you're the man, or whatever. When he <laughs> you're a big by, man. by the police, yeah, it was it was quite good. But mm. surprisingly, everyone's favourite country in the world, America. I think it was just the delivery of it got a bit of a, a titter out of me. And okay. then we saved your ass in Vietnam and shared our prostitutes with Hugh Grant. It was mm. at the very least, it was just unexpected. So it surprised me, and that was nice to be surprised more than once in this episode. (laughs) I guess that's the thing about an episode without, like, a real anchor is that it can be surprising at least. Mm. (laughs) If it's just going to be a catalogue of jokes, then, yeah, some of them are going to land, you'd hope. Yeah, Yeah. two of them did. 
How about you, Salt? What stands out to you for better or worse? So for better, I will say, look, it goes on too long, the joke. But I like the reveal of Judy Dench's fish and chips. <laughs> it's such yeah. a dumb thing to exist. You know, why Judy Dench? <laughs> and just the fact that all of the speakers are shaped like her head. It, it was it was a good visual gag the cut to it but then why do we spend so long there and then judy dench is actually a character and she's berating the staff and mm-hmm. it, no, no, no. Yeah. it lost the immediacy of it because it was way funnier to think she's just got a franchise of fish and chip shops she's just got a fish and <laughs> yeah. chip shop it's mm. great and it's that was part of it the part of the whole you know wouldn't it be funny if britain was just like america only british you know yeah. Bit of observational comedy. Whenever an American appears in a British play, we make a fucking big deal out of it. Doesn't matter who it is. Oh, yeah. so that is based on a thing. That is a thing. So when it's like Urkel in something you've never heard of, yeah. that felt fairly authentic because we do get pretty excited when we get an American in our play. And one of the other guest stars for this episode, Joe. Urkel? Huh? No. Oh. <laughs> Urkel was not playing Othello in this well, episode. Fuck no. me, Ronnie. <laughs> no, uh, Joe Millionaire himself was playing Joe Millionaire. What's his name again? Evan Marriott. Mm. So, did you guys know this show or? No. No, I've never heard no. of it. Oh, okay. Um, it was a reality show. The premise was that it's like a bachelor show, looking for love, 20 ladies, uh. and he's sold to them that he's a millionaire. And then it turns out, nope, I'm poor when the oh, okay. when he chooses the final girl. So it's like catfishing. And the island is actually a peninsula? <laughs> and the island is actually a peninsula. <laughs> Where's that joke from? Is that a Simpsons gag? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. How about you, BT? What stands out to you for better or worse? Uh, I'm going to point it out mostly for worse. Is Okay, so Bart and Lisa have some British candy, which sends them on a sugar bender high running around to the soundtrack <laughs> of Lust for Life. Fair yeah, enough. Train spotting is close enough. Which, yeah, which ends in a train spotting reference, and train spotting is Scottish. So I think that yeah. does a, a good job of <laughs> illustrating how little fucks were given on this episode. And Lost yeah. for Life, Iggy Pop, pretty sure that's an American guy. It's all the train spotting thing, though. It's because that song's used in the intro. So. Oh, yeah, is just that like, why? Okay. But then it's, yeah. it's a mm. Scottish movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, one other joke I did like, sorry, yeah? it's just... I quite enjoyed um, the exhibit on Lisa. <laughs> One of the signs just said, a Simpson too many, question yeah. mark. And <laughs> that, that amused me. Yeah. Ah, oh, such an odd turn for this episode to take as well, mm. having the Bart Museum. Yeah, yeah. Like, again, that's why I think one of the things that really keeps it from feeling very Schwarzweldian is the how long the fuck you intro is. Yeah. I, I don't want to compare it to everything great he's done, but betraying exactly what I just said, comparing it to Homer at Bat, where you hit the ground running so quickly in that. Yeah, yeah. And this one oh, I is... I love that episode. You know, That's one of my mi- favourites. Yeah, I know. What so... I used to love about The Simpsons, the intros were always bam, bam, one, two, and then the main plot. It would be yeah. somebody yeah. does something that triggers something else, and then that triggers the main plot. Yeah. And yeah. this... It's how you'd know which episode you're watching from seconds yeah. in. Oh, it just flounders. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. I think it's what, the third act where they're like, oh, and Homer runs out of a roundabout and hits the queen, and that's mm. our plot. It's like, well, the, yeah, no. the first act, we've yeah. still got Mo going, oh, I wish he'd crank call me. And Ugh. then Bart calling Mr. Burns bony Curtis. Got to fit all those great jokes in. That's why that took so long. <laughs> oh, oh, for Christ. real. Play count. How many times before today have you seen this episode, BT? I've seen it the tuppence. <laughs> Goodman? Yeah, about between five and ten. I liked it as an undiscerning teenager, oh. and I just didn't think about it. It was just, oh, Simpsons, cool. I'm not laughing, but well, that's probably my fault. <laughs> yeah, that's all. I'd already abandoned Simpsons for Family Guy by 2003, so I didn't see it in its initial run. I think I caught it subsequently, so I think this might be only my second time. 
Wow. Yeah, I can't honestly say I've seen it that much. I know it, like season 15, I'm pretty mixed on, but this one has always left a bad taste in my mouth, unlike right. British candy. Um, <laughs> so how about wackiness? Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? Part of the London Eye disengages so Homer and Marge can float about on the ocean and go find Bart and Lisa. And just confirming that does not happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. <laughs> Only if you know the right people. <laughs> <laughs> you got to know Mr. Johnson personally. <laughs> um, so you mean like how many times does it like portray the reality of your average episode of The Simpsons? It's um, a fair few. I mean, with all the Mary Poppins flying around, it's mm. a long way from the koala climbing up the pole in order to touch the electric pile on a second time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's one moment in this episode, I can't remember specifically what it was, but there's a sort of imagination sequence where somebody goes, mm, and it goes to their mind. Mm-hmm. And that triggered in me... Memories of earlier classic Simpsons where I thought, oh, it's going to be a really wacky, really off kilter, like imagination. Like, do you remember? Um, I can't remember which Simpsons episode it is, but the we're in the money, we're in the money. Yeah. When they're just imagining how a plan's going to work out and then the elephant yep. comes on and <laughs> that kind of level of wackiness. But it was mm. just so stolid. Oh. Was this when Bart was fantasizing about what to do with the thousand bucks? That's it. His his space base or whatever it was. His bar in space. R2-D2 on the base. R2-D2 play in the base. Loved it. That that line I quite liked. The line of R2-D2 on the base. Because it was very... I I don't know. It felt like an improvised song. (laughs) Someone just came up with. But um, It just felt so polished and overworked for me. (laughs) That's just what this whole episode was. Any attempt at wackiness, like Homer punching out three people on the way to the next scene. Mm. Like, where where are the repercussions there? The wackiness works because you've got the real world repercussions of earlier Simpsons and people going, wow, Homer's crazy because look at all these straight men. But, you know, in this reality where he can just attack people on the street in London and get away with it. Crash the queen and then break into her bedroom. and Yeah, yeah. and, and they, they find a special secret book. How? Yeah. <laughs> like, just, you know, when Bart and Ho- uh, again, comparing it to the Australian episode, yeah. I think we'll be doing that a lot today. Yep. When yeah. they got out of the booting, like, that had so much more emotional impact than this. Yeah. This just felt like well, shit that happens. Yeah. I was going to hold on to this particular observation until the next episode because it does tie in. But the thing about The Simpsons is that it was always a parody of the American sitcoms of the 80s and 90s. Yeah. yeah. And what each of them had in common is they would end with some sort of moral, some mm. sort of lesson learned, mm. and they would move on. And the great thing about The Simpsons is that it would always end with that mold, but subverted slightly or kind of darker than you'd normally have. Like, mm. I was watching the episode the other day where Otto loses his job and moves in with the Simpsons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's that great bit where Bart says, uh, Homer says to Bart, why aren't you playing a guitar? And he's like, I'm going to be honest with you, Dad. I wasn't good at it straight away, so I just gave up. And he's like, <laughs> son, son, son. If something's hard, it's not worth doing. Now, you just put that guitar in a box and come and watch TV with me. But what what's, you, what's on? on? It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. matter. And it plays That's that music. Great. <laughs> yeah, the music's great. That's so good. Yeah, and and the this. next episode we discuss has something similar. But in this, there's just not even an attempt. It's like, no, we don't need to do that. We don't need to satirize the idea of mm. having a point or make a counterpoint. Oh, come on, mm. it concludes with the idea of getting rid of Madonna. If that's not moral, I don't know. What, no, it's garbage. <laughs> that's the American it, contribution. It did to bring it. the great line: "English women don't pump gas naked," which I did like <laughs> because they yeah, do. wasn't a fan of "See you in Atlanta, bitch." That was a bit yeah, Whoa, weirdly harsh, right? too much. <laughs> Wow, someone's got it in for Madge all of a sudden. I mean, (laughs) 
to be fair. Um, and also the other bit of whackness I wanted to bring up was uh, the cab butler who just has a briefcase full of like ready-to-go tea. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed uh, yeah. that. It's very much in the vein of, I nicked it. Yeah, let your guard down for that split second. <laughs> they do it, do again. it again. Like, what do you guys think of the general parody of English people in this? Like, well, you know, it's very as you'd expect. Again, it's a parody of American concepts of British people, yeah. and it's you know very reserved, very you know posh. It's not much of mm. it. Yeah, I was about they to never say- go to the East End and meet like um, some proper British brokes. Although they have that, they do have that one. Look at his great staring eyes. Which yeah. Is, again, I, I did really like that delivery. I remember um, that. that was the one when Homer's in prison finally. Yeah. Oh, and right, he's yeah. in the Tower of London because London. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> again, yeah, we do that sort of the thing. only prison in all of England. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, they go to England. They don't meet a hooligan, a Ned, a Geordie, a Chav. None of these things. <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ, yeah. a Geordie! There's no way an American would be able to make head or tail. Uh, they could I have, they could have had a Geordie with some subtitles underneath and, and played on the, the vast range of dialects we have in our wonderful, gutted country. <laughs> but I mean, the weird thing is, I don't think they meet anyone who isn't famous in the entire episode. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Coffee guy. Oh, sorry, not coffee guy. Cab butler. Everybody knows him. <laughs> uh, well, and that's the problem when they do meet these famous people. Yeah, you guys brought it up before and you're right. It's not like a character that's been brought in to yeah. give weight to this episode. It's, what are you doing here, Prime Minister Tony Blair? What are you here, famous transphobe J.K. Rowling? And, you know, <laughs> um, it's just there's no weight to it. And yeah. Like, you can appreciate some of the jokes. Like, I did like the joke with J.K. where she go, uh, Lisa's like, so what happens in the last book? <sighs> he grows up and marries you. Are you happy? He's like, yes. Yeah. Like, mm. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, it's just, what are you doing here, Sri and McAllen? Mm-hmm. Well, let's compare the bit characters in the uh, Bart versus Australia episode to yeah. the ones in this. <laughs> in Australia, you've got Chaz Wazzlers. That's an odd, you know, you know, bullfrogs, that's an odd name. I'd call them Chaz Wazzlers. And you've got the B-A-E. Yeah. 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 You've got the Prime Minister. You've got Tobias and his dad. Mm-hmm. You know, $900 dues is just gold. <laughs> Tobias! Yeah. Is it? There's nothing wrong with the bidet, is there? <laughs> Which, by the way, it's just, and it's not less cruel, because the joke of that is, wouldn't it be funny if an Australian had a bidet? Yeah. <laughs> that's the joke of that. So it's not like it's less mean. But yeah. it just feels cheekier. It's almost as if yeah. they lean into it and they're not, I don't know, so afraid of stepping on the toes of British Prime Minister yeah. Tony. What Moore. about Big Book of British Smiles is what you wanted? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, sure, that's, that's great. They need to be shooting but... like the big calendar of British Smiles 2002, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just so boring and unsurprising in everything yeah. that it does. There's nothing that makes me go, oh, God, imagine if that was true. Yeah. Imagine roundabouts. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, I just checked Bart versus Australia. Yeah, the only guest star in that episode is Phil Hartman, yeah. and he's not even Australian. Oh, of course, he plays the um, the State ambassador, Party. and I've yeah. put that together before. Yeah. <laughs> oh my, hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's great at it. Yeah, uh, but I've just noticed. Yeah, no matter what country they go to, they seem to have a squeaky voice teen in everyone. Well, yeah, they're universal. <laughs> Which is fun. Yeah. So yeah, I think we're segueing into it anyway. How about the heart of this episode? Keep moving. The emotional resonance. <laughs> What no, heart, am I right? Yeah, no, for no, something there's, again, there's no point. It started out being about, oh, let's do something nice for Marge. That doesn't matter. Yeah. And She's then nice. also, and it has this subplot where Grandpa's like, oh, I'm, I, you know, met this oh, woman Jesus. back before D Day, and uh, oh, yeah. you know, I never saw her again. And Lisa's all like, how romantic. He's like, he fucked a woman once, and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> how romantic. Let's fly to England. As far yeah. as he's concerned, he lied about being shipped off. 
Yeah. You know, the joke was, mm. I really was being shipped off. Jesus Christ, until you mentioned it there, I had honestly forgotten completely yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. There's no good joke that comes from that. No right. emotional resonance. I will no. say there was one bit when Mr. Burns gets hit in the chest with a bill. He goes, had my heart been in there at the time, it might have been fatal. So mm, there's your heart. That was good. Yeah. Because, yeah, they do nothing with that grandpa story. Like, And it's like, they've already got a reason to go to England. Marge wants to go on a holiday. Yeah. Why, yeah. Add, why make it all of a sudden about grandpa as well? Well, why especially when there? All you're going to do is just have a... He now has a, a daughter joke. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, why add this extra grandpa plot if it will never come up until the very last second? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's very odd. So misguided. So now in addition to having a long lost brother, Herb, Homer mm. apparently has a long lost sister, Abby. Uh, yeah. Sister, yeah. And her mother was played by another guest star in this episode. And I think that's Jane all leaves. of them now. Jane yeah. leaves. She sure does. Daphne. <laughs> For those Daphne that don't know, Frasier. yeah, Daphne from Frasier. Uh, yeah. What do you guys think of her performance? Why is this a guest star? <laughs> do not give a shit. I didn't recognise her. I didn't recognise yeah. it as her. I mean, she's the only guest star playing a character, I guess. So mm. yep. God bless her for that. But she's not given anything to do. I, I want to tell a story of my Saturday night. Right, I got home after, from work and uh, <laughs> we had a viewing schedule because uh, before recording <laughs> this segment, we've recorded our next episode of OGT. And the film we watched was now. The Haunting of Sharon Tate. <laughs> And uh, that was okay. that was a, a woeful, time and energy consuming experience, and I and I was furious come the end of it. I was so angry with how bad it was, and then I went right into watching the Regina monologues. <laughs> so I, I, I'm willing to admit that there are probably one or two more jokes that would have made me go. Because <laughs> <laughs> you weren't so angry with the world. <laughs> yeah. So it probably affected my viewing experience a tiny bit, but objectively, I still know that this is. Like this is no better than that episode, the the previous episode that we reviewed. Yeah, here. yeah. I don't think it's any better or more meaningful than no. whatever it's called. <laughs> if nothing else, we can offer as viewing advice to all of your um, listeners. There is, we really don't recommend watching the haunting of Sharon Tate just before you watch this episode. It just doesn't. <laughs> it just doesn't add anything, you know. They do yeah. not care well. <laughs> no. <laughs> but ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Yeah, like an, a it bad felt like a bad episode. Yeah, like a bad <laughs> episode. It, this was in keeping with Bad Simpsons. The other one I remember, the Michael Cera episode, felt so far removed from what I recognised as The Simpsons. This is a Simpsons episode. It's just not a good one. Yeah, I guess yeah. individual character integrity is mostly okay. Yeah, moment to yeah. moment, it's it fine. Follows the, the formula. overall piece. Yeah. Just... Although we are fully into the moment, the era now where Homer is such a fucking oaf, such an yeah. irredeemable mm. asshole. And, and like yeah. Bart's just Bart's just a sassy teenager, and Marge yeah. just goes <laughs> character integrity. And in as much as your house with no possessions in it anymore because it's been burgled, is still your house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this isn't my house. This isn't my life. Fuck. What's that song? Oh, I'm not even going to go. I think you're thinking of Talking Heads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once in a lifetime. There it is. Okay. Yeah, but yes or no? Would you watch this one again? No. No. That'll no. Be- all right then we'll move on to what would we change bt kick it off matt stick with any of your plans basically like if you're doing this for marge then you know have her call the shots of what they get the family's gonna doing and maybe we spring off from there or if you want to follow this grandpa thing follow that but to just not do anything with either of them 
blah? Like, what the hell? Mm. Why even do this? And, I mean, like, the, yeah. the central conflict was meant to be, you know, something always happens to Homer and that always, you know, ruins the holiday. But in this, it wasn't really his fault. Like, he accidentally hit the queen. Yeah. And then, yeah, he then yeah. acted about jackass about it, but it was still an accident. Like, you know, it wasn't something mm. he intentionally did. So even that conflict was still stupid. So just... Think of an yeah. idea and go with that. I can't believe I have to say that to John Swanson. This feels so <laughs> yeah. weird. How about you, Salt? What would you change? If you want to be an anti-establishment anarchic sitcom, maybe don't invite the highest level of the establishment in the country that you're satirizing. <laughs> just don't have Tony Blair. <laughs> At the you know, height of fucking... the Iraq war. <laughs> At the height of the Iraq war. Just make us a comedy that no world leader would be seen dead on. That's the idea. Go yeah. back to making, in its heyday, at the best The Simpsons ever was, George Bush Sr. said, you know, the whole world should be more like the Waltons and less like The Simpsons. Yeah. That's exactly what you should be aiming for as a comedy. Yeah. You should really be aiming to piss off members of authority. You should not be trying to be the cozy, you know, safe, this will be good for tourism and publicity, let's appear on this. Absolutely. You know, fucking... Yeah, oh, you're so God. right. you got a LAN party organised, and you go, good news, guys, I brought the teacher... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just he doesn't even play Quake. What's going on? <laughs> but he's heard lots about these PCs. Well, <laughs> without Blair, there you could have satirized British culture much more. I mean, the fact that they had to go out of their way to portray the the Queen as being such a nice person, mm. just you know, it was very nice of her to let us go. You know, and I've known tragedy in my lifetime. You know, whatever. Just yeah, you know, they could have gone harder. The whole speech starts with "I've had a hard life." It's like, yeah, yeah, you have, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Should... Yeah, just fucking satirise us properly, and the best way to do that is not to try and cosy up to the British Tourism Board. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Goodman? What would you like to change? Yeah, two things. The first, yeah, I agree with BT. Just you've got to have a story there. Got to be about something, like Bart versus Australia. Uh, and that's how you get your heart. And the second thing is um, have the woman that Grandpa left be the Queen and tie it all in at the end. <laughs> that, could been, that could have been good. And maybe spend a few more minutes on it. Because she was in one of the wars, wasn't she? She was yeah, a yeah. drove an ambulance yeah. in the First World War, I, th uh, I think. Second? No, she would have been too young. Second, yeah. Yeah. Crazy ambulance driving baby. <laughs> 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 I had to figure the King's Speech and was like, no, no, no. King's Speech was just pre-war and she was a kid in that. Therefore, yeah. mm -hmm. I got a minute. She grew up pretty fucking quick in, from the King's Speech to being an ambulance driver. I want to say that comedy, Ambulance Baby Queen. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Queenie driver. She's in yeah. a royal mess now. Oh, <laughs> it writes itself. Oh. <laughs> yeah, look, as for what I'd change... Look, <laughs> sorry, sorry, they bring her back for like one last job. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm queen of a country now. Oh, if you're going to forget about your family. All right, let's do this. <laughs> one is not amused. It's, just, bam, bam, it's, bam. Just, it's the period where one of your grandsons was in the army. Was it Harry? Yeah. He's down behind enemy lines. We've got to get a hosp an ambulance to him. And yes. you're the only one here. <laughs> yes! But I'm 82. <laughs> you never lose it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and as for what I'd change, look, I, I mean, it's hard to like improve on any of you guys' ideas, but yeah, all I'm going to say is that, yeah, having the whole thing with Bart versus Australia be a comment on capital punishment and whatever, even though, yeah, it's totally not a thing here. Like there's just gotta be some of that cleverness to go about, mm. but I, I don't know what you do with that, honestly. And just don't make it about the different famous people you can get in an episode. 
Exactly. And no, then you have to make it about something by default. You just have to do something. <laughs> yeah. How is the big note on this making about something? Yeah. <laughs> it's literally smack dab in the middle of my nose is none of this is plot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're here. Goodman, do you have any other notes? Do you know what, actually? Another one that took me by surprise was, oh, no, this tunnel comes out in the worst possible place. An elephant's butt? Yes, but An elephant's butt. <laughs> that was so aggressively stupid a line mm. that it had it just had a bit of the old wackiness to it. It yeah. felt like the old um, when Lisa was doing the experiments on Bart and her mm. hamster, like that kind of level of stupidity or Rand McNally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I liked that. Wacko Jacko to Simpo Blimpo was a good piss take of a Daily Mirror headline. Mm-hmm. I actually oh, yeah, did yeah. enjoy those uh, spinning newspapers. Yeah, the tabloids yeah. and like Bart hung out with Prince Harry during his wild years. That was mm. pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It made me hate England a little bit more, but um, it's not <laughs> the Simpsons' fault. How about you, Salt? <laughs> Do you have any other notes? I have a few more notes. Um, guide me in at the beginning. Um, oh, with yeah. pleasure, sir. That was kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you have a bit more of the dirt than you're expecting. Mm. Yeah. Jesus. Why didn't they spend $1,000 of their $3,000 budget on another $1,000 note and keep the museum open? <laughs> <laughs> Economics, damn it. Mm. <laughs> and how about you, PT? Any other notes? Yep. Uh, I do like the shirt in Bart's museum that says, I saw $1,000. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> okay. Sorry, just on that, though, three grand cannot get a family of six to England, right? I mean, maybe in 2002, my name. Maybe. But, um, maybe 2002. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, family six, actually. That is a lot, yeah. But think about, mm. yeah, how many steps it took to get to England. Bart finds $1,000, interviews everyone in the town to see if it's theirs, opens up a museum, makes $3,000 for that, then oh, we go God. to it's like, For fuck's <laughs> sake. As a travel agent, actually, I could probably verify this. On a good day, you could probably get their, like, flights. Mm. Yeah, doable, that, 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 when you add hotels into that, oh god, yeah, markup on that. Mm. Yeah, and then fish and chips set you back six pounds a go. <laughs> yeah, and, and Judy Dench's is not cheap. No. <laughs> so there's a bit where Homie gets stuck on the roundabout, which first of all happened in National Lampoon's European vacation like 20 years earlier, mm. and they uh, don't play Roundabout by Yes while they're stuck there. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. a British band, it's a great song, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> um, I did like the line of they're planning to put Homer's head on a pike and there's two guys with like watermelons practicing. He's like, no, 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 force it on. You can't just wiggle it in. Ah. Let yeah. the pike do the work for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. And the rest of my notes are all just uh, on this Queen being a driver movie we're pitching. Uh, I want to get like, like her dames are like char- her like Charlie's Angels reinforcements. So we got like Judy oh, yeah. Dench with like a minigun, and Helen Mirren's like got throwing knives, and they're like going deep into enemy territories. I want this movie more than I realized at the beginning of this at the beginning of today. I didn't Red wake three. up today thinking this would happen, but now I'm excited. Dames assemble <laughs> exactly, and then a little slow motion walking and yeah. <laughs> it's actually just them walking <laughs> <laughs> yeah coming soon sure. to an OGT pod review mm-hmm. <laughs> um, red three one good thing I think you'd struggle <laughs> to find one bad thing in that movie <laughs> uh, time for my final notes Again with Schwartzweldian when Mr. Burns sees the ATM and he goes, oh, an automated telematronomaton. I <laughs> it just didn't have that no. classic yeah. Mr. Burns obscure old language. It just mm, felt yeah. like adding extra syllables. Yeah, exactly. It felt it like felt a pale clunky. imitation of itself. And then, oh, your password's your age. <laughs> Four digits. Get it. Mm, Fuck. Yeah. Homer makes a comment at one point. 
oh, I'd like to go to Brazil, but I hear the monkey problem's even worse. This is a reference to their season yeah. 13 episode where mm. Brazil were really offended by the portrayal and they banned the episode from syndication. And See, that's what it used to be like. It used to be they would make an episode yeah. about a go-to and the country would be pissed. You know, New Orleans would complain about their portrayal and now they're all just like, oh, come visit England. It's ever so jolly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's kind of patronising to us. We can fucking mm. take it. We take the shit out of England all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give us all you got, fucking John Schwarzwelder. And he's like, oh no, the only person I'll mock is Jimmy Page. <laughs> yeah. Our national hero, to be fair, was <laughs> He's on the five pound note for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> because he's not a woman. <laughs> there was a great look at America joke. It's like, Homer's like, yeah, I'll be on my best behaviour. Now, which rifle shall I take? I actually really <laughs> like that joke. And when Homer's in the prison, there's just like a cramming in of British jokes that they just couldn't fit in the rest of the episode. The videotapes are different sizes. Colour has the letter U in it. Metric oh, God, system. Yeah. Wacky, wacky, wacky. Blah, 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 blah. Now, we talk about this all the time. It's just, especially with the Simpsons go to episodes, that it feels like whiteboard writing. And this is just mm. whiteboard writing of... This Highest is my writing, writing yeah. with nothing else, though. It's just yeah. the whiteboard. It's time to rank this thing. And who's going to kick it off first? How about you, Salt? What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm going to have to say failure on this one. It just it didn't achieve what it set out to do, which is to be a fun episode about The Simpsons coming to England. So mm. I think it failed in that respect. How about you, Goodman? Yeah, going to have to be a failure for me. It engendered pretty much nothing from me mm-hmm. in terms of reactions, so... At least a participant, you notice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it engendered a lot of anger. Yeah. Still failure. How about you, BT? <laughs> Man, I walked in on the room round about a participant, but I then realised over the course of the discussion how many times I went, ah, which is a good <laughs> indicator that something is annoying the very core of me. And the fact that I had to write down the words, none of this is plot. And while there's some jokes I think are okay, there's nothing to this. You could cut any part yeah. of it and it would not matter whatsoever. Yeah, so exactly. For just an abysmal failure of a plot. I can't believe I'm doing this to a Schwarzwald, Ian, but kick it in the pit of failure. Oh, man. Wow. I'm going to go uh, participant on this one <laughs> because, fair. like, I just compare it to a lot of failures that we've done and it just it doesn't have that, like, character integrity break that mm. I'm personally looking for when I see a failure. Like, yeah, the plot's nonsense and um, none of it fucking matters and it did leave me angry, but <laughs> I just got to say, it still felt kind of simpson Just skirted by. It, it really did. Overall, mm. this will equal a shiny failure. It will be the Great. third episode from season 15 to be called a shiny failure. It'll be joining Codependence Day. That's the one where Marge and Homer really get into drinking and then he puts yes. her in the driver's seat and gets her a DUI. Yep, and suffers no repercussions yep. for his actions. Mm-hmm. Have that I seen that bad. one? I don't think I've seen that. I have. It's, I haven't it's been sad about that. It's also got a big Phantom Menace subplot in it where Bart and Lisa complain about the new Cosmic Wars movie. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> that sounds relevant and on point. Oh, uh, this is like repressed memories. <laughs> and also Marge versus Saskatatag, where the seniors, childless couples and teens and gays want to ban children from Springfield or some shit. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Oh, God, this was a bad series. <laughs> what's the highest Jesus. rated do you, do you have a note there on the highest rated episode of the season as far as you guys are concerned oh it's an equal first with broadcast news which we reviewed the other week mm. where mr burns buys out all the media outlets in springfield and like lisa starts up her own little independent the red dress press yeah yeah, yeah i remember mm. that yeah 
And also <laughs> Simple Simpson, where Homer assumes the superhero identity of Pie Man. Uh, I remember right. that too, yeah. yeah. I've seen none of this season. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I'm lucky. <laughs> <laughs> These are still the highest rated episodes at Dull Gold, so, you know. Yeah, and one of them is yeah. a Dull Gold because I think it was Silver Silver Cubic. Yeah. So, it was a weird split, that it one. It was a weird split. <laughs> we argued with Sheridan about that. <laughs> All right, guys. Two bad episodes in. You have earned a very, very good episode. <gasps> Damn Yay! right we have. We are going to watch season six's Itchy and Scratchy Land. <laughs> we'll be back. And we are back and we just watched our classic and final episode of the evening. This was season six, episode four, Itchy and Scratchy Land. Yay! Yay! First released in October of 1994, it was directed by Wes Archer, written by John Sportswater. I was going to say a different Yay, name the and then hero. I it. <laughs> You trolled me this time. In this episode of Itchy and Scratchy Land, what more do I need to say? Hey, what do we think? Yeah, really it's great. <laughs> it's really, really good. Really loved it. Fuck me, what a relief. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, my note-taking hand is sore. Yeah, yeah, I have so many jokes that I just loved, but... You know what? If the episode we just talked about felt like sort of observations based on cultural impressions, this mm. felt way more firsthand. This felt like observations of actual family trips that the writers have probably oh, been yeah. on, that John Swartzfeld mm. has probably been on. Yeah. And so the comedy just feels so much more authentic. The yeah. whole Flickies thing, yeah. you know, 50 <laughs> oh, miles to Flickies, 20 miles so to Flickies, good. and then Flickies is like... Oh. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. It's not just a direct parody of Disneyland, but mm -hmm. it's family vacations yeah. in general. Yeah. 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 I mean, the whole radio thing, that must have been absurd. <laughs> you know, seven signs of evil. Of evil. <laughs> <laughs> That's just firsthand. Here's Vanessa Williams. <laughs> the, the itchy lot thing. Yeah. The itchy yeah. lot and the scratchy lot. Just that's observed. Oh, it rules. It's such a wonderful episode. And yeah, mm. it makes watching the direct so much worth it on our program. Mm. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> let's hook into our questionnaire. We'll start with you this time. Goodman, for better or worse, what mm. stands out to you? Oh, so much. So, so much. Yeah. Do you know what? It's such a relief. I watched this, but uh, in preparation for this, I decided to watch a couple of episodes of old simpsons earlier in the week when i was drunk mm -hmm. i googled a, li a, a list of the top 10 best episodes of the simpsons of all time you didn't and, go to um, a spreadsheet that would put them in some kind of category <laughs> like available say on the simpsonsindex.com <laughs> yeah. I, I don't do xml okay, um, <laughs> and the first two that came up were rosebud and cape fear and mm. watching those i realized there are jokes every five seconds in this oh, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. every single one of them works the, the only difference between this and Rosebud and Cape Fear is there are like mm. two jokes or so that didn't work for me. And because it was such a high watching this episode, yeah. <laughs> every time there was a slight bum note, I went, oh, mm. God, yeah. what's yeah. that? Why yeah. isn't everything about this episode perfect? So, <laughs> yeah. because, because, you know, bought is one yeah. of the best Simpsons jokes of all time. Yeah, for, uh, for it, it is up there with Sideshow Bob and the Rakes. And, yeah. You know. Just the silliness of it. And, you know, when yeah. we went to Simpsonsville, what do they call Simpsons it? Simpsons World and Universal. Yeah, and yeah. it's weird because they don't actually have bought license plates there. Mm. They have bought Quickie Mart name badges. Yeah. <laughs> but, weird. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I guess it's still bought. Yeah, but the thing is when we went there and we feel like this is intentional, it was out. Yeah. I mean, you had to ask at the counter <laughs> if they had any more, and they did. But I mean, I feel yeah. like hopefully that was them actually, you know, they're only available on request. The and there's always yeah. out of board license plates. Yeah. Self fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> hopefully. But, you know, there are jokes 
there are setups here and and payoffs and they're all just amazing yeah. the with a dry cool wit like that <laughs> be an action hero. Yeah. The, uh, punchline <laughs> with homer fading out as bart talks over him is you know i was, I was eating food and it shames me to be such a cliche but i almost spat it out it was <laughs> that brilliant well it's so rare that like you watch a tv show or movie and characters will ever talk over each other mm. and that yes, it can work yeah. in such a funny way yeah yeah I forgot about it. Yeah. And it and it was so seamless. And I think there's a seamlessness with which the Simpsons, classic Simpsons, just reels off joke after joke. And then mm. there's nothing forced about it. There's nothing nudge, nudge, wink, wink about it at all. It's not, this is another joke, guys. Pause for yep. laugh. It's just constant. And it really feels like you've got a team of writers who are all thinking so fucking hard about the best joke they can ever yeah. do. And then all yeah. of them making it work in the same episode. <laughs> Possibly yeah. go wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's so wonderfully contrived. Like the, the fact that somebody had to think of, like, think of that as a sign that something would go wrong is. I know yeah. it's not fun yeah. to deconstruct comedy, but sometimes you just have to just point to it and go, "Look at how good that joke was." Just look at it. <laughs> How about you, BT? What stands out to you from this episode for better or worse? Uh, I want to point out all the time that Simpson broke. Can take that again. Broke your mind. I'm gonna yeah well I'm gonna point out all the time that Simpsons broke my brain because there's you know no 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 ask your mother yeah whenever yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah. like convince myself of something now remember we're in the itchy lot anytime I yeah. park anywhere yeah especially because yeah. I've got no memory for where I park and like I always think about getting one of those colorful antennas every car should have one of those and yeah Just take a photo when you get in the mall man jeez mm. anytime I like open up the battery slot for something just i really wish they wouldn't scream yeah <laughs> and uh anytime anyone so offers good. me wine it's like my children need wine <laughs> <laughs> yeah it just ingrained itself in my brain uh just watching yeah. this i couldn't believe how many like points of references from mm. like simpsons meme sites take from this episode yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah whether it's down to bought or the possibly or oh my god we'll get into more of those but salt how about you what stands out to you for better or worse Oh, God. I mean, first of all, yeah, Bort is the best joke in the entire episode, and it's one that my family regularly sort of talk about. And mm, what's beautiful mm. about it, I think, is that you can see how it evolved. There's a yeah. really good video, actually, called The Fall of the Simpsons, How It Happened by um, Super Eye Patch Wolf on YouTube. Oh, yeah? And in it, he explains how Simpsons jokes used to work. And they would be that you'd get an initial joke and then a sort of spin-off joke and then a sort of spin-off joke from that. And mm. so you can see how the Bort thing comes about of just, wouldn't it be funny if Bart's looking for a license plate and it doesn't have his name but has something ludicrously close to his name? Yeah. That's mm. part one. And then, okay, yeah, but what if he then encounters yeah, right. someone immediately called <laughs> Bort? <laughs> and then that person gets mistaken for someone else who's also called Bort. It's and riffing, then later on, you can have this great callback. And it's just, yeah. it grows, it grows, it grows. And it's so good. And then later when they're at like the central call yeah. center unit and they're like, we're out I of repeat. Bort license plates. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Also, the level of detail with some of this stuff is great. What have I got here? The fact that I'd never noticed this before until this viewing. When they go to the pleasant log flume ride that turns mm -hmm. into a nightmare, it's mm -hmm. a banjo version of the Itchy and Scratchy yes. theme that's playing. Yeah. And then yeah. when later on, when they're at the disco scene, it's the disco version of the, this, of the fucking Itchy and Scratchy This is the Scratchy first time I noticed it as well. It's insane. Yeah, that's so good. And also, I love how many odd voices there are in this one. 
Like, yes. you can really tell this was a fun one to voice at. You've got, okay, throw in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. You be good, Benicio. I promise <laughs> I will never hurt you. Ouch! <laughs> so good. There's a friendly Geordie's video about the most underrated Simpsons characters of all time. And it's all things like that. Just like the one-off mm. I really wish they wouldn't scream. Or, yeah. We don't know if single people eat our crackers. Frankly, we don't want to know. Wanna know. <laughs> and it's just the stories that these, these the pause there characters is great have. on that joke of just, frankly. Yeah, yeah the implication yeah. that day after day, this guy's gone into work and had to open up robots and every time it screams, it's just like, yeah. why? Why? Yeah. The, inner, the inner world of this, of that guy so much. is yeah. marvellous. And I love the way the mascots scream when Bart does stuff to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I just wanted to entertain. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. But no, you're right. The production on the like alternate itchy and scratchy themes is wonderful and mm. like it's what yeah. stands out to me is this episode like must have been so fucking difficult for them because <laughs> there mm. is just alternate versions of Simpsons character models, Simpsons music just yeah. all over the place and like it's only to its detriment occasionally where you look at them and like, Ugh, what's wrong with Homer's eyes in that scene? And like, because mm. <laughs> there's a lot of very new drawings. They weren't going mm. back to old models oh, right. for this one. And mm. like, the level of detail is just astounding and inspiring. Yeah, Homer has a green <laughs> yeah. jacket on. That's new and different. Wow. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's a great little Simpsons worst faces kind of moment, but it's intentional. It's when, you know, they're begging Marge to go to Itchy and Scratchy. He's like, no, 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 we're going to the Highway 9 Bird <laughs> Sanctuary. And this has this shot of Bob oh, Lee's yeah. face. Oh, yeah, So good. <laughs> it looks so, so wrong so and so funny. It's a- yeah, because their mouth holes are like slightly lower where their overbite is. <laughs> yeah. So it looks very yeah. odd. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it works. It's funny, though. Yeah, it is kind of creepy. It's shaped like a diner, and it's on this really tall pole. <laughs> <laughs> it's attention to that. detail and care that goes mm. into this, you know, with the sight gags, for example. I don't remember a single sight gag from the last two episodes where I went, oh, that's even remotely good. You yeah. know, this, the freeway to some other state. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. just so brilliantly flippant. And, and the, the visual punchline of, which one of you is the mailman? Yeah. And the, the, the pet's <laughs> eyes. Oh, and they look yeah. at each other. Gliding, yeah. glancing towards each other. That was great. It's comedy on so many levels. And, and none of it is, huh? Do you get it? Like a joke. Yep. And also, yeah. even just like overt, like a physical gag. You can imagine how a newer episode would do it, like overproduced, following it. In this, Homer gets kicked by a donkey and gets kicked out of frame when he's reminiscing about <laughs> Amish land. Yeah. You know, they can't do a thing. And then the donkey just kicks him and it's just a great crack sound and he's mm. disappeared from the frame. Yeah. And it's really kinetic and visual and classic cartoon violence. And mm. yeah. oh, it's just, it's perfect. Now, what I really liked about that scene is something I've never noticed before is, yeah, I mean, it starts with Homer just, you know, pushing ice creams onto all these Amish people. But then it pans back and there's just ice creams on everybody. Yeah. He's been doing this for hours. (laughs) And I never noticed all the extra ice creams before. Yeah, there's a charming quality to Homer's dickish behavior in this stage. There's a childish delight to it. Like he's doing it because it really makes him happy. Mm. I feel like at some point, maybe Dan Castellaneta just didn't want to voice him giggling anymore because I miss his... It feels yeah, like he used to mm. giggle all the time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, I don't see him do that anymore. Yeah, maybe they nah, phase that out. Oh, it's a good point. And 
I guess what's really working and like, yeah, leading into the wackiness of this episode, those cutaway jokes and like, ah, shark boy, <laughs> like they have relevance to the plot and they're weighted yeah. by something. Yeah, it's and, character Like stuff. what separates this from feeling like just whiteboard writing about Disneyland versus yeah. Yeah. a story about the Simpsons going to a Disneyland-like place. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the thread of this that doesn't really get picked up on is the idea of Homer and Bart's bond. Which is that Bart is learning his bad behavior from Homer. The shark boy <laughs> thing. Yeah, Later yeah. on, the fact that... Mm. <laughs> so like, How are you a political prisoner? Right. I kicked a mouse in the butt! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Troy, a diagram. And it's like, no one ruins my family vacation except for me and maybe the boy! <laughs> yeah. yeah, like he has a kind of pride in it, you know? Mm. Like he's kind of proud of his son for being such a dick sometimes. Do you know what, actually? The political prisoner joke was the one that I wrote down as not working for me. Oh, really? Okay. It felt like a bit tipping towards new Homer for me. Oh. Because yeah. he was too mean. Well, as long as we're on negatives, the mm. part that's always stuck out to me is kind of weird is when Marge orders the baby guts and the guy's like, lady, you disgust me. Mom, that's real. Like, did she order it not knowing what it was? And then did she just I go, guess there's a leap. baby guts, that sounds good. Mm. <laughs> I'm confused. Yeah, I think yeah. she went for cute. She just went for everything's meant to sound disgusting. And so she just found something that was cute I on the menu. Guess. But it's odd to me that the waiter would be disgusted by an item that's on their menu. Yeah. <laughs> I have been guilted by a vegan waiter before. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Ooh. Well, I'm, I'm lactose intolerant. So uh, mm-hmm. I was in a restaurant saying, hey, which of these dishes have dairy in? Because I will shit myself. And he went, well, you know, I choose to not eat dairy, but if you want to choose any of these meat dishes uh, also, like, why would you mention that you, you choose to not eat dairy? Yeah. Did I, 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 I didn't well, ask This you. is about me now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you asked, mate, because uh, here's Earthlings. <laughs> I would like a lamb cutlet, please, delivered on your hand. <laughs> like I want to eat it off your, your hand, mate. It, you can cook it with the burning indignation coming off of your face. <laughs> and if you don't do that, it's, TripAdvisor is going to become a fucking nightmare for you, my friend. God. And yeah, just another negative point when they're on the ride, which is like them running into a hallway and getting avoided being chopped by a giant meat cleaver. Mm. Yeah. They then yeah. stand in the way for a very long time. Yeah. And- like people at Disney World. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. <laughs> And you don't see the people getting cleaved off stage. <laughs> Even like, you know, at a shopping mall where people just stand at the exit of the escalator. You're like, right there? Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, fuck me. Have you met people, Elliot? I think my, my incredibly petty point about um, something that stood out to me. I feel like the bit where they're at a helicopter to the island with the possibly mm. play go wrong. It's very funny. Maybe it was a late addition because it's pretty seamless them arriving at the car park and mm. then... When it cuts to them going into Itchy and Scratchy Land, it looks like the frontage goes straight onto the car park. Yeah. It really doesn't mm. look like there needs yeah. to be an intercity, nor does it feel like they're on an island. Yeah, there's one of that Jurassic Park reference. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. There's one of that. And, and, you know, it's a funny bit. I guess you enjoy it so much, you don't <laughs> think about the, uh, the mechanics yeah, behind it. I kind of noticed yeah, that this time as well. Kids, yeah. But no, they're <laughs> going for the double Crichton reference in this as well, because the robots are a bit Welsh-worldish. Mm. Oh, sure. Yeah. Double yeah. down on the Crichton. Mm. So <laughs> oh. uh, what about other wacky moments? What stands out to you guys? Uh, the wacky. log ride in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hans Moleman's in this. Wait, wackiness or whackness? <laughs> uh, yeah, both. Because <laughs> if we're talking about wacky moments, you know, you've got Hans Moleman and everything <laughs> yeah. that Hans Moleman touches is turns to gold. Yeah, I can't even true. remember the, the line now. I need the largest seed bell you have. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, no, that's too, too big. big. <laughs> that's great. And just the sound of birds. 
slamming against the glass while he's doing it. <laughs> and again, being a nice callback to mm. something Marge set up so early in the episode that she thought she'd yeah. have a nicer yeah. time at the bird well, sanctuary. But, nope, chaos that was going to be my favourite wacky thing. It's just how immediate... So many of the gags are just a character gets immediately contradicted. Yeah. Mm. And that's really fun. It's just, we should have gone to the bird sanctuary. Cut to the bird sanctuary being an absolute fucking nightmare. You know, oh, who's named Bort? Cut to guy named Bort. Yeah. <laughs> I hope this isn't happening at Euro Niches Crashland. Yeah. Cut to that being a disaster. And just, yeah. I, I love how refuse. readily at hand the world is to just contradict whatever it is that you've just said. Mm. It yeah. feels like you kind of get an impression of the writers, which is fun. The writers being like pranksters. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of wackiness, the, the episode of Itchy and Scratchy at the beginning. Of course. It just yeah. Oh, yeah. straight away was just being dunked into this warm bath of nostalgia for me. Again, it's the five seconds. There's a joke every five seconds. When mm. when Itchy's talking about Itchy and Scratchy Land and Scratchy's sitting there just with his tongue out in that, you know, got to give the animators a rest, but it's such a beautiful resting face yeah. from Scratchy. <laughs> <laughs> I love the resting faces of early Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. But then they have the cutting the sign in half and going into Scratchy's brain and then yeah. he, like, he pulls it out and then immediately goes, it's just like constant ramping up of the grossness <laughs> of this. And it's just, again, it's just so much effort goes into making every beat of this work. Yeah. It's so sad. It feels so like you're being respected by somebody who's sleeping with you. <laughs> no, I, I can't absolutely. That. And like that leads into a point in this episode that really sticks out for me is that there was so much of this episode cut from the syndicated yeah. version. And oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if it was the same for you guys, but like we've noticed it a bit where mm. certain violent jokes especially get cut from Simpsons episodes in Australia. Yep. But mm. in this scene oh. al- alone, the chainsaw bit where mm-hmm. Itchy chainsaws off Scratchy's abs was cut. Yep. So really? the version I was familiar with, it just weirdly cuts from the needle. Pinprick to, yeah. Scratchy looking Three more messed up and we're not bits. sure why. Good huh. lord. And ticket prices in half. There was no scissor stabbing in the version I'm aware of. Nope. So it's weird oh, wow. how parts of this episode still feel new to me. Mm. Wow. Mm. That would be weird. I mean, we got it all in the UK mm. on um, yeah. Yeah, Sky. I, I don't remember it ever being censored. I don't know. I have seen some episodes of The Simpsons when I was in the UK that would cut mm. sex jokes. Like the very rare few. The one that sticks out is where uh, Homer comes home late. And I think he crashes the car and the insurance guy is talking to him. He's like, so this Moe's uh, you came from, what's that exactly? He's like, I can't tell him it was a bar, but what else is open that late? And the line is, pornography yeah. store. I was buying pornography, but it's it's just cut. You know what? I think I've had that cut as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're so, right. So it, it's interesting. Different cultures prudish about different things. <laughs> I think there was a difference between the Sky and the Channel 4 version yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, well, I didn't, yeah. I didn't watch the Channel 4. So why would I? <laughs> See, that was my after, after school sort of enjoyment period. Well, that's, yeah. That and Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when it was on BBC Two. Oh, that's BBC it. Two that's it, BBC Two. Yeah. This, mm. is, this is very good UK-centric uh, <laughs> chit-chat now. Well, that's the British Broadcasting Network. Uh, network? Uh, Fuck. What's the C? Network. C silent. Chance. It's <laughs> corporation. <laughs> corporation, I'll do. The, the British broadcasting yeah. crappers. Um, but yeah, other cut jokes were when Marge is looking at the map, you know, torture land, explosion land. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that were cut for us were searing gas pain land and unnecessarily really? surgery How land. Weird. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Australia's a little bit more trigger happy with its censorship, right? You often have trouble with video games. 
Yeah, not so much now, fortunately, since okay. we got the R rating introduced at some... Mm. Uh, Still, there are the occasional one. Anything that promotes drug use as a positive gets cut. Yeah, what's the fucking wow. 2D game that got... Katana Zero. That got banned. It got oh delayed, my God. not banned. We did it get Just it eventually. That... It was banned briefly. Yeah. It was refused okay. classification. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. Katana Zero, of all things. And my <laughs> yeah. other note for cut was, yeah, Scratch Tasia, <laughs> which... Like, this is a mess to watch in the syndicated version because they're doing, like, all these fades to get around, like, all the lengthy scenes of axe chopping and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so watching it now is just an absolute delight. (laughs) (laughs) So, Luke, there is so much more wackiness to go over. Let's return to it later and talk now about the emotional core. How was the heart in this episode? I mean, it's all Marge-centric, I think. And, uh, yeah, I think it it gets well-supported throughout, unlike the last one, where Mm. it's just like, she's just asked for a calm, normal vacation where they all have a good time. And then you get the, you know... Attention, Marge Simpson. We've arrested your son. Yeah. We've also arrested your older, balder, fatter son. son. (laughs) And again, just to kind of point out what you were saying before about the immediate cuts too, uh, was like someone else in the room going, I'd be terribly embarrassed if that was my boy. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But there's just always someone there to just make it a bit worse. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right after she said, we're having the best vacation ever and get him t-shirts made. And yeah. Yeah. (laughs) uh, And I love the conclusion of that where Lisa's like, that was our best vacation ever. And Marge's like, what are you talking? talking about you know we got a lot of exercise outside we yeah. uh, bonded as a family yeah. we have so many memories <laughs> you're right now let's never talk of it again <laughs> yeah that's what it comes down to for me is it comes down to once again that brilliant thing of the simpsons always having the message but in like a slightly darker or yeah. messed up yeah. or utterly perfunctory way yeah which episode is it that ends with marge honey i haven't learned a thing it's, it's sexual harassment isn't it and then he goes and hugs oh, his television yeah. that was it but it's similar in this in as much as it's like oh but marge wanted a nice vacation but it was a nice vacation because of these really arbitrary points that don't yeah. prove it was a nice vacation yeah. and she's like you're right i guess i was proven wrong moving on let's never talk of this again yeah. and then yeah. and a second message a little while later where it's like the whole thing about violence like you wouldn't think it was funny if it was happening to you but yeah. someone watching us you know, mm. would find it funny, and then Lisa just throwing her shoe at Bart, yeah. and ending on just the anticlimactic note of her going, "Yeah, I'm just going off to bed." Yeah, anticlimactic. That, that's such right. a wonderful yeah. twist. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> Lisa, go to your room. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is such a weird, like you said, anticlimactic end for such a big bombastic episode. Mm. I love such that. a sharp about face for Marge in in in, yeah. in those two seconds. Yeah, yeah, it, just, got, it got one of the biggest oh laughs out of me of the whole episode. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think you have to bring it back to yeah, the Simpson home. This wacky adventure is over now, and now they're just people in a house. Yeah. Well, I just I love it when Marge isn't just the straight person, mm. you know, isn't just the stick in the mud. And mm. here she's <laughs> found something funny, mm. she regrets it, and she's going to take that out on Lisa because yeah. she's kind of a jerk as well. And I yeah, I like it when Marge is kind of a jerk as well. Yeah. yeah. The Simpsons are horrible. Well, the least <laughs> that also Lisa got to be the one that threw the shoe. Yeah. Like it was for yeah. science. Yeah, exactly. It was for science. Part. Yeah. <laughs> observe. If you say observe before you do uh, something wrong, it's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> observe. Well, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, the emotional core of this episode—it's not like one of your classic Simpsons heartfelt, but yeah, you got a little bit of no, it. Let's not do it for her or anything. But ultimately, <laughs> did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Were the characters behaving yeah. like themselves? Oh boy, sure. yeah. This is prime Simpsons. This is what I think of when I think of the Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. Every character just roaring success. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> Homer's like his oafish self, but I think you're right. It's like more of a childish glee and, you know, yeah. Yeah. 
it's back to Australia, America, Australia, yeah. America. <laughs> yeah, he's really excited about getting to take his invisible dog leash on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was such an odd one too, because just what's he going to do with that? He's just going to be. He's going to wear it with his lobster joke. hat. He's just going to annoy people with it. Yeah. <laughs> he's not going to prank anyone. He's just going to be lame with it. That was, that was the first joke in this episode that made me secure in the knowledge that this was a, a proper Simpsons episode was the uh, was Itchy and Scratchy finishing with Krusty saying, go on, kids, go away. You won't be missing anything funny here. I'll just be sitting here reading a grown-up newspaper. <laughs> I just like you heard the talking rat. Yeah. <laughs> the cartoon rat, sorry. The crapness of what the Krusty the Clown show is. is yeah. yeah, it just doesn't give a God. shit. Yeah. No, he's got a sponsorship deal. He's fulfilling it. He's yep. uh, <laughs> making the kids go bug their parents to buy shit the only way he knows how. Now he's got to read this grown-up newspaper. <laughs> I think you want to like label more things as grown-up. Yeah, yeah. Like on this grown-up podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be going to uh, driving my grown-up car to my grown-up job, and maybe later I'll drink some grown-up beer. <laughs> well, yeah, I think even for a Simpsons go-to, where they're taking them out of their element, they're all behaving like themselves. The show's on fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, I know. Would you watch it again? Sure. Yeah, I will. I'll definitely watch it again because I scroll through these all the time. So because yeah. <laughs> it's still some of the best TV in existence. Yeah, those first eight seasons are just sheer classic television. Absolutely. So, you know, episodes that we do want to watch again, unlike the previous two, we like to think about <laughs> what playlist would they go in? What are some other Simpsons episodes that would pair well with this one? Duff Gardens. Oh, I yeah. Yep, going to theme park. Similar various. kind of. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think if there are any other domestic trips that they mm. do rather than yeah. like internationals. Going to Knoxville, well, maybe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Everybody remember, we're parked under the globe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say appearances of little bastard products. So oh, Bart's yep, got yep. the little bastard traveling kit. Yep. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> and previously the little bastard clock tampering kit. And... Little bastard disguise kit. And... Yeah. Also, I think the trip. I guess the trip to New York is also a, a domestic, yeah, domestic trip. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the capital city back in season mm-hmm. one or two when Homer becomes a mascot. Yeah, Dancing Homer, mm. that's right. Dancing Homer. Yeah, well, I mean, Itchy and Scratchy episodes as well, like oh, yeah, yeah. Itchy and Scratchy versus Marge, yeah. Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie. Like. <laughs> the one where there's the dispute of how he got invented. The day the yeah. laughter died, is it? Yeah, mm. that's right. Viewed yeah. that recently. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You could do a good Itchy and Scratchy run. Yeah. And Itchy and Scratchy movie. Oh, of yeah. course, mm. done. Yeah, Another sports <laughs> worldian classic. All right, yeah, that's some good playlist. BT, is there anything you'd like to change about this episode? I don't believe so. I mean, a couple of the, you know, there are a few jokes that are a little bit off, as as we were saying earlier, but I don't think they're, you know, terrible. They're just little little things you want to buff out, maybe. Yeah. Um, no, I'm pretty reasonably happy with this. How about you, Salt? Would you like to change anything about this episode? Honestly, I'm reaching, you know, to say <laughs> anything here. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll say this. When it's a great gag. Marge says it must be so wonderful. It's amazing to me. We've been talking about this for half an hour and there's still jokes we haven't even touched upon. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, you could probably go for an hour, twice as long as the actual episode and not mention every joke in this thing. But (laughs) when they go to TGI Fridays, I like the fact that they all have fun in the park as well. I think that's kind of important. Yeah. Mm. They actually have a fun time. But whilst they're in TGI Scratchy Land or whatever it's called, it must be so wonderful to um, ring in the new year every single day. 
And um, the guy just says, please kill me. Yeah, yeah. which gets a callback and later in the control room. With, like, yeah. we have a jumper on top of TGI McScratch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so That's so great. Here. So my incredibly small thing I would change is I probably wouldn't have Dan Castellaneta voice that character because it did distract me how similar to Homer's voice that is <laughs> this time. But honestly, I've seen this episode like a hundred times and it's the first time I've noticed that. So no, there you go. I'd change that. I'd have either Dan do a more... Dan do... I'd have Dan do do a... Um, don't do a Dan do different does. voice or get a different person to do it. <laughs> and how about you, Godman? What would you like to change? Nah, I can't think of anything. It's It feels <laughs> parsimonious of me to say that one joke that I didn't like, make it better. <laughs> You're never going to get every single joke to work for every single person. It's yeah. such a great episode. Yeah. I wouldn't change a thing. No, it's ridiculous. Like, mm. yeah. it's damned inspiring how good this episode is. Yeah. And yeah, far it better really from is. me. Even though that <laughs> walking in the hallway cutting thing doesn't make sense from a staging point, but whatever. Um, <laughs> all right. And we're here. Goodman, do you have any other notes? I really liked the joke when Homer's driving and he's saying he's not tired at all and then it cuts to that slow car drag into the pole then exploding and yeah. then cutting yeah. into the motel yeah. to say, oh, glad that was a nurse. So, uh, okay, here's something that I still don't get at this joke and I maybe should be embarrassed, but so the people in the car where Homer's like, I'm not tired at all, are they the Simpsons? Yes, no, I think that's I, the idea. Is yeah. They're the Simpsons and then we cut to later on when they're in the hotel and a car, different, yeah. yeah, an unrelated right. purple car crashes. <laughs> but it's a great reveal in itself, but just the animation specifically of the car slowly drifting into the pole before exploding is mm-hmm. yeah. so satisfying. Yeah, the immediacy of the explosion. And then, yeah, yeah. the quick pullback and reveal. Like, yeah. There's another good pullback joke, actually, where, yeah, Marge is like, your kid's going to be all right, kids. And then they're already back on the log ride. Yeah. Uh, so and I love many- the sort of, oh, yeah. that's a great, great noise. <laughs> good noise. All right. Uh, Salt, how about you? Any other notes? Recipe-related bumper cars. <laughs> <laughs> That's just great. That's a weird thing for Marge need... to go, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> well, they've got to think, like, what would Marge like? Yeah. It just feels like such a shit kind of thing to have come up with. <laughs> and I love that weird moment of pause between Bart and Lisa when they feel like they're going to get their way, and they just look at each other yeah. for a few yeah. beats <laughs> yeah. of completely frozen animation. And, yeah, oh, I'm a big fan of jokes that you can do with completely frozen animation and holding on it. <laughs> yeah, it recalls one of my favorite jokes from Futurama, which involves just a still shot of Bender. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> somewhere yeah, the Poplars episode, right? The Poplar, yeah, it was the problem yeah. with Poplars, where um, they're like, and you were stepping on them for fun! Cut to just Bender <laughs> for a few yeah. moments for no reason, saying nothing. <laughs> and yeah, it's one of my favorite gags in that show. Yup, I, I would say that the little axe does look cute. Yeah. <laughs> the way he does the Disney sort of skipping run in order mm-hmm. to catch up with the other axes. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. beautiful. That's great. And um, that just about does it for uh, my notes on this episode. Now let us never speak of it again. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like in the episode. <laughs> well, we have to get through BT, your final notes. Uh-huh, and I've always got plenty. Mm. <laughs> Let's bought this Bible for 15 bucks and talk about a preachy book. Everyone's a sinner. <laughs> Except for this guy. (laughs) Bart's dead. That's right. Dead serious about going to Extreme Scratchy Land. (laughs) Oh, another popular format for the uh, meme sites. And of course, I'm not thinking of any of my favorites right now. Yeah, of course. Um, (laughs) Another joke I didn't really notice until this one. They talk about Parent Island. They go, it has 100 bars and saloons and a world-credited chemical (laughs) dependency clinic. Yeah. Yeah. 
God damn. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't cut from syndication. That was just cut from my mind because I didn't get it. Yeah, and the fact that yeah. one yeah. little section of this amusement park has a hundred bars and saloons. Yeah. I just <laughs> thought of one. <laughs> Mom, Dad, Scoey's dead. Mendoza. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> when do you show the deadly consequences on TV that Miles pulled out that cat's lungs and played them like a bagpipe? And <laughs> the next scene, the cat was breathing comfortably, just like in real life. And the lovely guy was, drink. Kind of runs away. <laughs> I yeah. love the sound of a guy running off. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and speaking of like one time Simpsons characters that never come up again, but yeah, this yeah. guy like he just keeps popping up. Popping up just to explain <laughs> stuff into this episode and move and the Marge plot is, along. Yeah. <laughs> and Marge is never surprised that he arrives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, just, <laughs> dirty maybe. Dangerous hardly. <laughs> dirty maybe. <laughs> How do we not talk about babies love the ballroom? They're <laughs> <laughs> oh, getting restless. Great. Add more balls. <laughs> She was one of my favourite NPCs in this. More yeah. balls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's time for my final notes, but before we do, BT... Mm-hmm. We've not done this. We haven't done this. Oh, my gosh. BT, <laughs> the question. Okay, guys, so for our first-time guest, which I'm stunned that you are, seeing as we f- had this first part seven months ago, <laughs> we'd like to ask, if you could have a sandwich named after you, what would be on that sandwich? Or if that's too hard Holy of a question, because that is very difficult, the simple version is, what's the best sandwich? I think I'd like to answer both because it's of, the best yeah. sandwich is obviously the Reuben sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yep, that is. It's so funny you say that. So many of the sandwiches on our sandwich board are variations I on mean, a Reuben. It's like saying yeah. if you could have any color sky, what would it be? But as, as a backup question, what color is the sky? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, blue, and if I could have anything red. But Yeah, but the thing is now I've got to think of something that's better than a Reuben. And well, it's a um, signature to you. What is the poor yeah, Reuben? Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. So it's not going to be better than a Reuben because no, I'm going to no. make it. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I, I think it's just the sandwich that best suits me is the like one that I would eat after about six beers. It doesn't fucking matter what's in the sandwich. It's just great. And yep. it, 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 it does the job. So it's just bread and then bread, but also beer. <laughs> I like the menu option there. <laughs> yeah, the good men. Bread. Uh, bread with a beer. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Salt? What's on the Paul Salt? So... My favorite sandwich is a croque monsieur, which is a mm. fancy way of saying a ham and cheese. Toasty. Yeah. And so in the way I do them is a couple of slices of very strong mature cheddar. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit of mozzarella in there so that it gets nice and stretchy. Yep. And then slice of good quality ham of some sorts. You butter the outside of the sandwich and then yep. put it just on a frying pan in order to nicely toast it up and press it flat when you've managed to turn it. So, yeah, I think that's that's my go-to, and I'm very hungry for it right now. <laughs> um, but it is near midnight. It's near one o'clock in the morning, so I sh- probably shouldn't eat one. I yeah. but... Do you boys have money in Big Sandwich? Is that why you ask these questions? <laughs> we just, yeah. We're just sandwich enthusiasts, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, don't forget to find our hidden sandwich board on thesimpsonsindex.com <laughs> for all of our guests' previous sandwich entries. It's quite Ooh. a list now. We pretty much have a menu. Well, do you know what? Here's what I'll do to make it just uh, a little more pool, yeah. and I'll I'll lose you half your listeners, which will which will be help out. It'll be easier to admin. Here we go. <laughs> Whilst you're eating that particular croque monsieur, what you do, you get you get a bar of chocolate, just on the go, <laughs> and in between bites of your sandwich, take a little bite of that chocolate. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> I can't tell you to put chocolate in a croque monsieur. That's too perverse. But 
just 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 have it on the go and just when the sweetness has gone through your mouth just have another little bite and then carry on with your cheese toast i like how you looked around you first just to make sure there was no one <laughs> I who had to infiltrated sure. your house who were like gonna take you out for that one if the british police if, if tony blair finds out about this he's gonna fucking take me out so flying on his jetpack <laughs> he'll fly you up to the atmosphere and then just let go Yep. <laughs> As he's every want to do. The queen will feed you to the tor- corgis. <laughs> no, they're so small it takes ages. <laughs> That's the torturous part. <laughs> they're just nibbling me. God help! It's so cute though. Yeah, I know. Oh. Yeah, that's why it's the most adorable it. death ever. <laughs> <laughs> Time for my final notes. I've got an ace up my sleeve. Honk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're here. Let us never speak of the shortcut again. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's got like homecoming queen banner on the car and like a US military missile embedded in the front. It's like, where did you go? <laughs> Had to replace one of his tires with a wagon wheel at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I had to look this up because they do a joke about John Travolta working at the TGI McScratchies. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this episode was released in October of 94. Pulp Fiction released in October of 94. Yeah. So, Ah. yeah, of course they would have produced this episode long before the travolta sons. Right, yeah. Travolta. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Like, I know what you mean by Travolta. Yes, it's fun to remember a time. A crazy time where John Travolta had no cultural relevance. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to imagine. Don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, um, The minefield section was sponsored by Laramie Cigarettes. I thought that was interesting. (laughs) That looks so much fun. I remember as a kid thinking, oh, I wish I could exist in real life. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> but how? How literally how? Yeah. I love just how none of these rides can work without killing people. That's mm. wonderful. Especially yeah. well, the log ride where it stops in their exact yeah. profile. Yeah. It's like so yeah. if anyone else rode this. <laughs> when I was a kid, like genuinely I got worried about that. Like, oh, what if Lisa and Bart swapped seats? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Bear for the grace of log. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey. Fuck, I'm tired. Um, just yeah. making sure it's all working on your end, Salt, because we lost your video. Um, mm. everything else is alright. He's eating a sandwich. Oh. Oh, okay, fair. <laughs> you can't see this. No, they got him. <laughs> the bobbies have got him. Toy, 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 toy. What's all this? No! Another Frank joke that I use all the time, and I think Futurama use all the time as well. as like, oh, forgot to carry the one. Yeah, <laughs> carry the one, people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, carry the one uh, playlist. Like, there's one in Futurama where Hermes on his calculator just has a button for carry the one. <laughs> so good. Mm-hmm. And my final note is just, Homer just hurling whatever he finds yeah. at the robots. <laughs> yeah. Hoping... Wallet and change. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's focused on Homer. It doesn't show yeah. them hitting the robots. It's yeah. just yeah, him it's digging just into his pocket. Reaction. Like the <laughs> banana, just the squelch. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. The ineffectualness of it. Yeah. One other bit is just, I know you mentioned earlier on, the, I really wish they wouldn't scream, but I feel like <laughs> the scream itself deserves a mention because it's just perfect. It's, it's just, all... <laughs> yeah. The perfect yeah. short little just, yeah, that kind of pre-recorded, uh, yeah, just reaction. And then sound. digitized yeah. a little. Oh, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, it is time to rank this thing. BT, your turn to kick it off. Man, my brains are on a cubic, but my heart's are saying like a gold. And I'm what? a little stuck. Yeah, look, man, I just, I feel like, you know, when we watch the cubic cubics, we're like sitting there going, I can't mm. believe how perfect this is. Whereas this, I can believe how perfect it is. And it's right saying my classic saying them both out loud and feeling which is more true. I give this a cubic zirconia. I give this a gold. 
Ooh, ah. Well, we say, you know, gold's excellent, but cubic is, this is essential to the Simpsons experience. Yeah, which is what brings me this more to a gold. I feel like it's oh. not essentially, but that's what I thought I was feeling, but now I'm kind of swayed. I feel like the conversation has driven me. I'm going to go with a cubic and reserve the right to correct myself later. How about you, <laughs> Paul Goodman? What do you reckon? Yeah, I think essential to the Simpsons experience. It's going to have to be a cubic. Yep. Hmm. That's the end of my thought. (laughs) Salt? So, I'm going to go with gold for the simple reason. I know, I know. Mm. It's hard. No, I'm literally on the same. I'm still thinking about it. It's the same thing with my four and five stars. I've got to hold something back. Because sometime, you never know, the stars may align and I might be back here talking about Last Exit to Springfield Mm. or Home of the Heretic or Mm. um, Lisa's First Words. One of the ones that really emotionally resonates with me. And Mm, I've got to hold something back for those. I've just got to have something to delineate those as being the absolute best. So second best grade that I can possibly give for this one. Can we come back and do an emotional trilogy next time? I think we did a travel, a vacation (laughs) trilogy this time. Where are you going to get those from the later seasons? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, look, I I get that point. And, you know, I actually did a rewatch of this episode about, I don't know, six months ago or something. And Mm. there was something that was a bit off about it to me. And I just, and I thought it was the production because there Mm. are so many like off character model moments that it can be a bit jarring. But I think I can forgive those sins because, yeah, of how impressive <laughs> this episode is and, like, yeah. how much effort clearly went into it. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. The emotional core on this episode is kind of a bit wishy-washy, but I think, yeah, <laughs> with the uh, eloquence of the writing and the callbacks and stuff, it's just, yeah, a hmm. cubic for me. Uh, BT, cool. you... I'm still debating. It's tough. Are you um... going to blur it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a dull cubic either way. So. I know, but it's still. I like... I've got very few regrets on this podcast. One is giving Mountains of Madness too low, and the other is giving Hurricane Nettie too high. Oh. So, um, still not convinced either way. Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it doesn't change the overall ranking either way. You I go, know, so. but that's not the point, Elliot. It's not the BT The integrity ranking. of my perfect discussion of The Simpsons is the point. <laughs> All right, well, averaging out, this will be a dull cubic zirconia. It'll be the fourth episode from season six to be given this ranking. It'll be joining some choices that uh, Elliot has problems with. Uh, Homer versus Patty and Selma. Um, oh, yeah. Bart of Darkness, where mm-hmm. Bart breaks his leg, oh, Millpool. Love oh. that. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. So good. And Patty and Selma was you so worse than Hitler, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the slap, yeah. And also Homie the Clown, which we reviewed last week. Yes. Oh, God, that was brilliant. Yeah. No, actually, Stop. Fantastic. Stop. You are going gold? I think. Oh, God. I just think about something He's like Homie the Clown, which, I gave, it's, which was just so rapid fire the entire time and amazing. I'll give uh, you five more seconds. Ha! Gold, I think. God. Oh, Jesus. Gold. Three. Gold. Gold. Two. Just gold it for now. Always I will call Jordan later himself. if I need to. <laughs> Lovely little bit of span. Uh, Saltdale Ballet. I don't know. It's getting early late. Um, <laughs> all right, it's getting guys. late early, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of the Simpsons Index. Pauls, would you like to do some plugs? Do it, Paul Plug. Yeah. Go on then. <laughs> well, we're from a little podcast called One Good Thing. We probably said it at the beginning of the episode, but that was. <laughs> decades ago um <laughs> we're, we're available on uh, every podcatcher i can think of even spotify um they let anyone in nowadays um, you can follow us on twitter at ogt pod where we call out to the og team for good things that you've seen about the bad movies that we watch join in that be part of the positive movement to find all the good things 
about the haunting of Sharon Tate. <laughs> and yeah, I think, I think that's uh, it. And recently we launched a Patreon as well, hey? We did launch a Patreon. So to any, any of your listeners who have never heard us before, just sign straight up there. Don't even think about it. Uh, <laughs> What's that it, to think it's about? It's great. You're going to love yeah. it. What's there to think about? Just laugh. <laughs> <laughs> just laugh and love. Love us. The balls. Just like yeah. <laughs> and uh, we we have had you guys on for mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat and Nihilation. And Thanks, you yep. that- Mortal Kombat! <laughs> I, I do mean that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I apologize. Using the king's um, <laughs> That was also a bloody great episode. So any anyone oh, yeah. who hasn't heard that already should definitely listen to that. Oh, yeah. Absolute yep. blast doing that podcast, They man. get to hear me yell Mortal Kombat like eight more times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't you mean... Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and BT, our other podcast. Yep, our other podcast is mm. Thrones of Game, where we watch Game of Thrones backwards. I've already seen the entire show, but Elliot had never watched a single episode until we started watching in reverse order. Gives us a very unique spin on things, and yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. We're up to... I think we're going to start the next season right now, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're starting season five, which, of course, is our season four. Yeah, we're going to watch something happen to Jon <laughs> Snow. What could that be? I don't know. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> all right. Thank you for joining us for The Simpsons Index at home. And thank you all the way from England, Paul Salt. Thanks for having me. And all the way from Melbourne, Paul Goodman. I just want to entertain. <laughs> <laughs> and all the way from right next to me, BT. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs> and I've been your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house. Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at simpsonsindex on Twitter and Instagram. And now please stay tuned for the bonus scenes. Yep. Got to keep that bank of, uh, yeah, that tank of chalk juice has got to get, get stay filled. Chalk juice? I mean, talk. Do you see mine is <laughs> drip feeding at the moment? <laughs> Here's the sinking process. One, two, three, four, five, six. That's that sinking feeling. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Again, the latency's yeah. pretty good. Bearing in mind, there was a slight delay on my six because I thought of the sinking feeling joke. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Can I just do one thing, sorry, which is yeah, the sure. funniest ever Michael Sarah cameo was Twin Peaks The Return. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weirdly, he shows up as like a leather jacket wearing free spirit badass. <laughs> and it's the funniest fucking thing to happen. And it just happens right in the middle of this very serious, very mysterious episode of Twin Peaks The Return. And it's the funniest fucking thing. That's how you <laughs> make a Michael Sarah cameo work. Oh, well. <laughs> um, That's how you Michael your Sarahs. Where are you going now, son? Wherever the wind takes me. <laughs> it's oh, so funny. We are like the dreamer who dreams and then lives inside the dream. Sanahi, please. <laughs> <laughs>